Welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show for you all today. Lots of good topics to talk about this week. Dell has built upon Framework's framework and is showing off their Project Luna concept laptop. It's supposed to be more reusable, repairable, re-sustainable. Re-sustainable, yes. Recyclable, that's the one. Uh, So we're going to be talking about that. What else we got? Uh, Intel is working on... That's boring. (laughs) HDMI 2.0 has been HDMI 2.1 this whole time. It was all like, boom, mask reveal. If it wasn't for these darn kids, we would have known. It's not a ghost. It's HDMI 2.1. All right. Uh, Speaking of, I don't know. TikTok is opening 300 virtual restaurants. Is this a metaverse thing? Is this a Mr. Beast thing? Only time will tell. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Also, Microsoft, along with, uh, was it Dell? Yeah. Microsoft leans further into right to repair as well. We talked about this, sort of. We talked about how they were thinking about it in the past. Now there's more action. That would be good. Very cool. And EK Waterblocks is sponsoring the show today. How fun is that? Why don't we jump right into our headline topic of the day. TikTok is apparently opening up 300 virtual restaurants. So if you're not familiar with the concept of a ghost restaurant, basically it's a network of oftentimes completely unrelated kitchens. And sometimes they're commercial kitchens. Sometimes they're operating commercially as kitchens. Um, <laughs> with recipes that are standardized across the, the menu of whatever the, the sort of the virtual brand of restaurant is and that unlock the ability for these, for these sort of virtual uh, food brands to deliver their food sort of overnight across uh, a, a very, very large area. Say, for example, you know, the entire continental U.S., So what you do is you come up with the restaurants that you want to serve. You presumably create some, you sign some kind of deal partnering with a network of of ghost kitchens and you you launch your restaurant. Obviously, nobody would be able to come in and eat at a Mr. Beast diner uh, as it stands right now. But Linus Linus Tech Treats. But yeah, Linus Tech Treats. Dog treats or something? Not bad. Cat treats? Mm. I kind of like it. Mm. Um, you, obviously, you wouldn't be able to eat at a, you know an actual Mr. Beast restaurant, for example, but you could invest in branding for delivery vehicles uh, in order to make it you know feel more like a like a, a restaurant order experience. Uh, you could just you know use regular skip the dishes or Uber Eats and and make it all just completely all takeout. You know all. Um, Oh man, I'm I'm missing the whatever all app-based delivery services, um, and as long as you figure out a way to control the quality of the food, then it's a pretty cool way to a build a build a brand, you know, build a food brand, build a, a loyal audience, but b also provide some support for an industry that has actually been suffering 
yeah. the food industry has been suffering. Although I would make the argument that a big part of why the food service is industry is suffering is because of app-based yep. app-based delivery. People who <laughs> take out via app do not buy things like alcohol, especially because in a lot of areas that's not actually allowed. So a lot of what they make margin on is not happening. And the apps take monster cuts. A lot of what they lose money on, like packing materials, is um, amplified. They're not obviously going to get tipped in the same way because the tips when you order through an app are going to go to typically the driver is my understanding, not the actual people who work at the restaurant. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges with all this, but it is apparently happening and the newest virtual restaurant tour is apparently TikTok. Um, they teamed up with virtual dining concepts to create these ghost restaurants. These are the same company that worked on the Mr. Beast restaurants, one of which is actually becoming a brick and mortar location. What a wild the Mr. Beast one, yeah. Yeah, what a wild time to be alive. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah. You could go to an actual like YouTuber restaurant. But think about it, it's just more content. There's no yeah. way he's not gonna film the launch. You're not wrong. I mean, you know what? It's a matter of time before we do a land center. Yeah. Like hundred percent. Yeah. How could we possibly fail at that business? <laughs> how how badly could I possibly Dude. Up that's how to not manage to run a successful land center. That's where you sell the in-person merch. And how much content would we get out of like creating yeah. a land center? Yeah, like it, it's it's one of those things that's been on my list for ages. Just like honestly, I could I could go oh, I could go rent some like commercial property tomorrow. Be like, okay, we're creating Linus Land Tips LLC. LLT LLC. It's got it's got a it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> you know, you you serve even if you can't get an alcohol license, which is notoriously difficult here yeah. in the Greater yeah. Vancouver area. Even if you can't get an alcohol license, you just do you do energy drinks, you do snacks, you do all that kind of stuff. You charge people by the hour. You just you create a premium experience Gamer because snacks. honestly, key treats. Land every land center I've ever been to, other than maybe that cool gaming hotel, has just been kind of crap. And I think there's room to do so much better. Like, just don't cheap out. Make sure that every machine in the building has whatever the latest hot game is. Have it on there. Have it licensed. If people have their own account, by all means, sign into it. But these are these are problems that can absolutely be overcome. And I think that people will pay extra for a premium experience. I think that that's something we could absolutely do. Um, Land Center with VR stations? Yeah, absolutely, Fleoner. Some, something that I, I would love to to have going is something you and I have always talked about is like lands have gotten kind of lame since I guess uh internet and social services and whatnot have all become more common because like now you go to a land and everyone's just like sitting on some MMO or Facebook or I mean that happened a long time ago oh yeah for sure okay but before then it was way cooler just saying because everyone would play the same game because what are you gonna do how do I say this without offending our entire audience the problem with LAN gaming is gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> there's nothing about old school gaming or modern gaming that couldn't equally be adapted to the LAN party environment. The problem is that in order for a party to be fun, people have to participate. And gamers have, and I feel like this is something that has been exacerbated by modern gaming, 
but gamers tend to enjoy things that are within their comfort zone. I think that is a fair generalization. It's obviously not true about everyone, but it's definitely a tendency within the gaming community. For a land to work better, you kind of need something that almost no one has played or they haven't played since the last time you guys land together. So another thing that gamers do is they tend to have like, like a main game yeah. or a handful of main games. Yeah, for sure. So you've got two problems here. You've got people that like their main game and you've got this hesitancy to try something new in a lot of cases, especially if it's something where you're not going to have fun because you're not going to be able to perform up to the level that other people at the LAN are, are, are going to be able to because that's their main game. So what you need in order to have a, like the best LAN gaming experiences I ever had were the ones where there were like clear games masters yes. in charge yeah. that would basically say, okay, we're doing a free-for-all scrimmage match. Everybody go, okay, I'm making teams. Yeah. I'm rebalancing the teams. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm creating a structure to this. I'm sorry. Is that World of Warcraft on your computer? Turn it off or leave. <laughs> because there are 16 of us, which means that it's eight versus eight, not eight versus seven. And we're playing this game right now. That'd be sweet. And that's actually exactly what I was getting into is like the, the disjointed nature of like three people actually playing a game together while 16 people sit there sucks. And if it's everyone actually fun. just plays together, it's basically always fun. All my favorite memories are very similar. We used to yeah. have like a whiteboard and we'd make like the old school version of a challenge thing where you build your own ladder and you nice. make little teams and you, you play Halo where you have like one team is in the garage playing on a couch out there and one team's inside and you're yelling at each other the whole time and stuff. And it's awesome. But everyone has to be involved for Absolutely. it to be awesome. Absolutely. And it's like, okay, okay, you're, you're like, that's like, not your honestly, favorite game. Fine, suck it up. Because then I will play not my favorite game, but that is your favorite game. And we can both get to have a fun experience instead of both of us just sitting here something that, doing something we could have done in our basements at home. Yes. I would personally, I am not motivated to go to a land center. If there's a land center locally, I would not go. But, but if, if they, they had, had events, yes, it's yes, it's, I'd so go. It's Halo One night. I'm it's, in. It's Quake Three night. I'm in. It's Midtown Madness Two Cops and Robbers night. I've never even really heard of that, but I'm in. Yeah, it's Worms night. Sweet, or whatever. Yeah, right. Like it all sounds great. We're we're having a six hour Worms Armageddon tournament. If I know people go. are gonna be like hyped up and we're gonna have some fun, I don't care if I've ever played it before or heard of it, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. You know oh, what? Didn't mean to press that. You're also sort of um how do I put this? You're you're also sort of I think taking for granted that you're really good at games. Like you will pick up a game that you've never played, and we have kind of we Luke and I have kind of this uh this skill curve where I tend to be better at it immediately like for the first maybe 20 minutes. And then past about that point, Luke is almost immediately way better at it than me forever. We're like, that's just how it is. I feel like we're decently even in Towerfall. Uh, yeah, but I've played it a lot more than you. Oh. <laughs> this is what I'm talking I about. I genuinely didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I've played it with my kids. 
but like, so I haven't, I haven't like played against someone really, who could dude, really challenge me. Yeah. And this is before my son got good enough to actually. Dude, he won like a few times I know. last time we okay. played. In fairness, I was, I was really not at my I best. I was not on it either. So yeah. you know what? But but still, is a W a W or is. is it something other than a W? It's still a W. A W is a W. And he he fought for it and he earned it 100. percent He did. Yeah. He did. He he played to win. That kid plays to win. Yeah. I, I worry sometimes that like the hyper competitive nature of that particular child of mine is gonna something it'll something will happen. Uh, <laughs> Jay Horse said not an entire center dedicated to this, but definitely a dedicated game night section of the Lantern Center would be cool. Uh, it's like yeah, screw it. No, yeah, just that's do the, whole, the thing. whole point. Yeah, that's the entire point. It it literally seeing one person just seated. I'm gonna go away from the mic. I'm sorry. Seeing one person seated like this on facebook just kills the whole thing kills the vibe you gotta have everyone engaged kills like the it, vibe. it actually matters to have everyone that's there engaged. yeah true scots like carmageddon was great especially when you messed around with the config on the server and made people's cars bounce off the sky or like exactly that's what i'm talking about that's what i'm talking about i love it so that's my big problem with land parties and i don't remember how i got on this subject ah yes right I, I would love to open up a land center, but it would only be fun if I could do it my way, where yeah. it's you, you do it my way. Or and honestly, you leave. I think if you didn't do it your way, I well, oh, it man. might do okay because it's a tied tied to yeah. this. But like, if it wasn't tied to this, I think it would just die. Okay, hold on a second, man. It would be like the sweaty nerd equivalent. Of like an exclusive nightclub, yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah, because I because whether people know it or not, they would show up having you know, especially like younger younger kids. Okay, like you're 15, you're 18 or whatever, right? You have never experienced what land gaming was like in the early 2000s. You were literally it's not born totally yet. Totally different. It's totally different. You come in thinking, oh, I just want to go like somewhere where they have a high-end computer and I can play my game at like high FPS. You end up getting drawn into like whatever this weird tournament we're doing is or whatever. You're going to want to come back because it's, it's not like anything else. We used to play like at Lands at Outhost, we used to play weird games too because a huge sure. goal was making sure no one had really played it. So like robot unicorn attack was like some weird flash game that we played that nice. ended up like being a total hit because it was really like kind of twitchy and reaction time fun yeah and we'd like put it up on a projector and everyone would like there was this weird song that played in the background so people would start like singing it and get really hyped up like it's it, oh man here's one that awesome. i would bring in uh unfortunately i've probably played it too much to actually participate but it's called liero 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 it's worms but real time, uh, and you can play multiplayer split screen. Awesome. Um, and basically, you just you have all these different weapons. It is extremely easy to accidentally suicide the f out of yourself. <laughs> uh, you've got a hook shot, so you can kind of get around that way. Oh, nice. Okay. So you can see uh, he just set a bomb that just created some space. Uh, you got a tunnel around. So you tunnel by going back and forth really quickly this on the left and awesome. right button. It is so much fun. But there's there's always a solution too. So like when you're saying, oh, I played this too much. You can just yeah. position yourself as like the final boss. And that's true. You can, actually you can handicap in this game. 
Okay. Uh, so you can just set yourself to have like almost no health. That's so you have to like get right in and, and assassinate. Uh, whoever's playing right now is absolutely terrible. And I would play with my friends uh, <laughs> in Mr. McCloskey's portable during lunch. Uh, we were we, we got to the point where it was like kind of kind of ridiculous, actually. It's so good. My understanding is that it was actually re because the source code was lost for this game at oh, some whoa. point or another. Dang. And then somebody went back and tried to remake it. Um, I, I, I don't... The, guys, I'm real rusty. I'm real rusty on all the details. But man, having a Liero night would be freaking amazing. You'd have all these people that have like no idea what they're doing going and just absolutely exploding themselves with Chiquita bombs. <laughs> so good. You can also like... So good. If you want to, you could make prizes, but you can make them like really weird. I don't know if I've ever told you about it, but... When I used to host lands back at Uvic, yeah, uh, we gave out bananas. Oh, that's fun! If you won, you won a banana. Yeah. So I'd like go buy a bushel of bananas just before land night, and then just like enjoy your snack, gamer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> victory snack. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so back to TikTok's thing, which is actually sort of boring news. Um, they're going to make a restaurant. I mean, that really was that really was the whole thing. I just wanted to talk about how cool it would be to run a land center. Uh, also, uh, there is other TikTok news. Um, the what, what's the whole what's the whole thing? Oh, never mind. Apparently, there's more crap about this. So you'll be able to order tasty trending TikTok dishes like tomato feta pasta and other assorted viral dishes directly to your door. That is actually a really cool concept. Uh, the menu will change on a quarterly basis, and it will include some of the platform's biggest food trends. So the, the initial batch will feature the aforementioned baked feta pasta, which Google says was the most searched dish of 2021, as well as a smash burger and pasta chips. And they're going to start with 300 locations with the plan to expand to more than 1,000 by the end of 2022. They say they'll give a cut of the profits from the venture to the creators of the recipes. That is going to be difficult to validate. Whoa. Who created the recipe? The one who comes up with like mostly the recipe or the, the one, one who, who adds like up. a bit of cilantro to it? Um, that oh one. my, yeah. Get derivatives real. Um, as well as burgeoning food creators on the platform. However, they did, yeah, they didn't clarify how they're going to determine the true creator of the dish. So uh, good luck with that. Now, we have a discussion topic from Colin. If you were to start a TikTok food trend, what would your dish be? You can't say cereal. He knew I was going to say cereal. I would love to have my own cereal. It would be Linus Tech Bits or something like that. Oh, man, Quick Bits would be such a fun Quick Bits cereal. I feel like Quick Bits would almost be like, like microwave porridge or something. Microwave porridge. Okay, I can't say microwave porridge. Because I don't, jam, th I don't think you can describe cereal as, as quick. Uh, I mean, it's pretty quick. But it's all the same speed. It, um, Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, cereal as the concept is quick. You're dodging the question. What's the question? The question is, what would be your TikTok food Oh, trend? sorry. I've been focused on, on merch messages. People are going ham. Okay. Um, well, I can go first. Yeah. Okay. Well, this And this, I, I don't think this would ever be trendy, so I'm going to pivot, and I'm going to talk about one trendy. of the weirdest snacks that I ever ate regularly. Oh, nice. I got a few of those. Yeah. So one of, my thing, one of the things that my mom would do when I was growing up is she would sit at the dining room table with her newspaper, because that's the era that I grew up in. Uh, she would sit at the dining room table with her newspaper in her house coat, and she would sit and consume an entire head of iceberg lettuce. It's just crunchy. It's satisfying. Sure. Um, okay. So I, I would, you know, I was, a, I was a young boy, and I was like, oh, mom's eating lettuce. Okay, I'm going to go pick at some of her lettuce. And then 
she got like defensive about it because like it's her lettuce and she's like actually this is my lettuce so obviously that made me want it so much more because if i could have a tasty snack while also bothering my mother then that's like a plus primo yeah um gamer moves and what one day i was like ah you know what like it just doesn't really you know it doesn't it doesn't taste like anything it's got a great texture i love love the texture of iceberg lettuce i don't know why i did it but i like dipped it in soy sauce and for like probably a year after that, that was my snack. I would sit and Salty I would consume lettuce. like I would sit and consume like half of a head of iceberg lettuce, just like a little bit, just like dipped in a little bit of soy sauce. So you got like this crunchy, salty snack. And as far as as far as health goes, I mean, it's a heck of a lot better than sitting and eating potato chips. Sure, you're certainly consuming probably more sodium than is optimal. Yeah, but on lettuce instead of on, you know, a fried potato. Yeah. So yeah. she never, no one ever really stopped me. Like it didn't bother <laughs> anyone. So I would just, yeah, I would just consume these copious amounts of lettuce uh, with soy sauce. And that was, um, that was, that was, my, that was my snack. So my weirdest one <laughs> yeah, was sure. I used to just eat uh, black olives out of the can, straight out of the can. Oh, that's not even weird to me. No. That's like, the other man, that don't impress me much. My favorite thing to make like if it's like a saturday and i'm hungry yeah. even now and i've been doing it since i was very young is I'll, i get a i don't know why it's a blueberry bagel i'm fairly certain that's just all we had in the house at the time yeah and i've just never changed it because i like it and i see no reason to change it sure but blueberry bagel with a not too much i find a lot of people with way too much but just a little bit of mayonnaise mayonnaise on a bagel some bacon a lot of lettuce and that's it with peach juice it's really good. Huh. I don't think either of these is going to be a viral sensation. No. No. No one else has ever been interested in that. <laughs> but I love it. Huh. Uh, okay. What well, I do like making that could be uh, more interesting to people is inverted chicken cordon bleu. I've probably told you about this So before. cheese on the outside? Cheese and uh, prosciutto and basil. Interesting. So you do how do you prosciutto? It? Yeah, it's it the cooking pro. I used to do it um, on early date nights when I'd have a girl over, and then I would cook it in person because it was really impressive. Because the process of cooking it, okay, that's was like intricate. It worked really well. <laughs> you can say it's as cringy as you want, but that that was highly successful. <laughs> Let me confess something that you might not realize. I don't have a lot of moves with the ladies. <laughs> well, there's a move, dude. <laughs> not that I'm going to need it. That's fair. That's fair. I don't have a lot of moves with the ladies. So I have no context whatsoever for what's a good move and what's a bad move. But well, if you say wrapping a hunk of chicken in ham and cheese and, and frying it and, yeah. is, a, is a move, then... I think I can say with complete confidence, I will never understand women and I, I give usually up. like roast some cashews with it and make some asparagus and like do other stuff as well. Like it was like a full, it wasn't just like one piece of chicken on a plate. It was a full meal, but yeah, it was good. Are their standards really that low? Do guys suck <laughs> that much? I think that kinda, that's yeah. that impressive. I think no one, I think very few, not no one, very few guys cook. So you show like, yeah, I can cook. 
I can you do can that. You can cook like two things. Yeah, and they're really good. And I guess that's all you really need. They're if really it's good. On a first date. <laughs> I think it's three. So take that back. Um. Are, are two of the three things some form of chicken? No. Are all three of the things some form of chicken? Nope. Nope. I'm going purely unique. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Ken K says, guys suck that much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We just <laughs> it makes it really easy to show off. So you might as well actually do it. That's I think part of the problem is that guys will be like, oh, that's low brow. I'm just gonna do nothing. Which is not not better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man. All right. What is our next topic here? Oh, speaking of cringe, HDMI 2.0 has been HDMI 2.1 this whole time. <laughs> Surprise. This was posted by Sounds on the Forum, and basically we are no longer going to use the term HDMI 2.0. Uh, I love this summary from Sounds. Is this, is this the headline? Oh, no, this is just actually from Sounds. A new display from Xiaomi. The Xiaomi Fast LCD Monitor 24.5-inch 240Hz version sets a new low for the industry. <laughs> oh, man. This is amazing. So first there was USB 3. Okay, do you guys remember this? Then there was USB 3.1 Gen 1, where mm -hmm. USB 3.0 was just renamed okay so the five gigabit usb went from usb 3 to usb 3.1 gen 1 and then the 10 gigabit one became usb 3.1 gen 2 okay then this is great usb 3.0 became usb 3.2 gen 1 um these are like huge like revisions these are huge naming revisions that are hugely confusing uh because functionally in terms of performance for the end user they have not changed but we are retroactively renaming these old things like years years down the line in a way that makes it really difficult to compare newer products against older ones and let's say for example that you know USB 3.2 includes new new aspects of the standard, right? Let's say it has new functionality or new protections or whatever else. If you go and you rename it so that all the, all the newer products coming out now that are branded with this name are not quite the same as the old ones or you make certain parts of the spec optional, right? And then you just retroactively say, oh, well, those older ones, they were just produced without optional elements of the spec you are doing nothing but confusing consumers. So pretty much everyone with a brain between their ears looked at what USB was doing and went, wow, that's really stupid. Yeah. Because it's really hard to understand what anybody is talking about. That's one of the reasons that I typically will just say USB 3.5 gigabit. Because I don't think... I don't think most people, even tech enthusiasts, can keep track of all the different nomenclatures that have been used for USB 3, 5 gigabit over the years. Yeah. Like, even, okay, don't look down. Name them all. 3, 3.1 Gen 1, 3.2 Gen 1? 
Okay, but you looked at it. I did. Okay, fine. Unprompted so, with that, I think I would have forgot 3.1 Gen 1. Yeah, fair enough. So I don't know. So it's super confusing. Whereas if I just said USB 3, 5 gigabit, would you know what I'm talking Easy. about? Easy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. That thing. Way better. Yeah. And if I said USB 3, 10 gigabit. Easy. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so everyone with a brain said, hey, uh, that's really stupid. You need to stop doing that. And everyone without a brain, so HDMI, um, <laughs> basically said, hey, that seems that's awesome. really great. <laughs> and uh, this came to light after TFT Central noticed the specs of a Xiaomi Fast LCD monitor 240 Hz that said that the HDMI 2.1 ports okay, had this asterisk on them that says, due to the subdivision of HDMI certification standards, HDMI 2.1 is divided into TMDS, the bandwidth is equivalent to the original HDMI 2.0 and FRL protocols. The HDMI 2.1 interface of this product supports the TMDS protocol. So the maximum supported resolution is 1920 by 1080 and the maximum refresh rate is 240 hertz. Now, HDMI 2.1 has a lot of features many of which are optional, that are not just more bandwidth, right? Like HDMI 2.1 is a more, more complicated, a more complicated lady, okay, than just going way faster. So you've also got um, eARC, okay? So you've got enhanced audio return channel. You've got support for auto low latency mode, okay? You've got support for variable refresh rate. This is actually baked into the spec now. And these are things that were available on HDMI 2.0 products in the past, but the way that we thought of it was that that was an HDMI 2.0 port that implements features that are optional on 2.0, but that would be included on HDMI 2.1. And that's fine. Having something that exists at a lower tier of the standard, but that implements optional features of a higher tier or a future tier, that's cool because that means that if you buy it, you are at worst getting more than what you bargained for, more than what you anticipated. Mm -hmm. But I think that because we have generally thought of HDMI as going up a generation or, or up a number when the overall bandwidth increases and we can run at a higher resolution or a higher refresh rate, to change those rules now is extremely misleading. In response to both TFT Central and The Verge, HDMI.org confirmed that devices can no longer be certified as 2.0, and features of HDMI 2.0 are now a subset of 2.1, and all the new fancy features and capabilities of 2.1, apparently including running at higher bandwidth, are now in fact optional. <sighs> this puts the onus on manufacturers to somehow outline what their HDMI 2.1 ports are capable of in a way that is glanceable, which is basically not going to happen. Not, not a thing. Not no. going to happen. If I'm, if I'm an HP or a Lenovo or Apple or Dell or whatever, because laptops are where you are really going to get screwed over right now. If I'm one of those guys, am I going to be like, yeah. I'm okay, tell okay, someone all okay. the limitations Apple, of my product. Apple was under fire for this recently, right? With their, with their M1, uh, yeah. M1 MacBooks, right? Where they've got, it's like, oh man, I really wish it wasn't HDMI 2.0. Because HDMI 2.0 has capabilities like being able to run 4K 120 hertz. Or, or sorry, HDMI 
is lacking capabilities, yeah. like running 4K 120 hertz that HDMI 2.1 has. And Theoretically. that might be nice to have. Not technically. Okay, but used to have. Yeah. That I used to be able to say that. <laughs> yeah. So if I was Apple, do I jump on this? I go, oh, this is sick. <laughs> we got HDMI 2.1 now up in here. Upgrade. And on this laptop, you can run two 5K displays and one 4K display plus the internal display. Is that how I spec my laptop? 100%. And as yep. a consumer, I'm now going to have to figure out later that in order to run those high resolution or high refresh rate displays, I'm going to have to use a f***ing dongle. No, what I had wanted to do was use the HDMI port that you put on the product. I wanted to, to have them. You said it was HDMI 2.1. This will cause confusion. Oh, yeah. And to be clear, Apple is far from the only one that is going to take advantage of this. Anyone it's just who's an using, easy example. Yeah, anyone who's using, like, uh, who's trying to get rid of old stock or is, uh, you know, shipping a laptop that has an integrated GPU that doesn't have support for what used to be the, yeah, the standard formerly known as HDMI 2.1. Uh, they're absolutely going to take advantage of this. And it's going to be so hard to comparison shop devices so hard to comparison shop devices if i want to know at a glance that's why we need labs what the benefit is of you know the the 450 chromebook versus the 389 chromebook and both of them say hdmi 2.1 and i go buy the cheaper one and i find out that okay maybe there's no real reason on a device like that to run 4k 120 hertz but if i find out for whatever reason that it can't do it I'm going to be choked because maybe I would have spent the extra 60 bucks. I mean, there's people that want smoothness of desktop experiences. Absolutely. And like that, it could Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. Or just like ultra fine resolutions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm so, I'm so frustrated. The, the, huh. Uh, this is, oh, okay. Jonathan Horst prepared this one, apparently. Discussion question. I can just, I can hear it in his voice. Why do these standards bodies keep renaming established standards? Do they... <laughs> <laughs> you do wrote they, it like a script, yeah. Do they not have to ever explain to their families why their TV isn't working as advertised? See, you bought an HDMI 2.1 cable that doesn't support variable refresh rate, so you need to go buy one that does. Okay, the cable... Oh, my God. Yeah, that's Are you going to be a... able to have an HDMI 2.1 certified cable that doesn't do whatever the like encoding bit, bit rate, whatever bandwidth? No! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does this bring back the, the weird shady premium cable market? Labs is the solution. Yeah. We're just going to have to... Approved cables, approved devices. We're going to actually have to just outright reject. Like, so part of the goal of labs is that we want to create our own spec sheet for a product. We want to basically take what the manufacturer says and without, without all the overhead of reading a review necessarily, I think we're, we're going to editorialize in the video content that accompanies a device. But without all of that, the, the at-a-glance is we want to create a new spec sheet, a better spec sheet. So we'll take the manufacturer spec sheet that says RTX 3080, and we're going to say, oh, yeah, right, but what thermal envelope does it actually run in? Um, 
How loud does it get when it does that? Um, and we want to find a way to make it glanceable, right? So that you can look at one of these devices and you can go, okay, thank goodness, I can finally actually compare this stuff. And so, you know, I thought that something like I.O. was going to be relatively straightforward. Yeah. USB 3 was going to be as simple as how many gigabits the port is. USB 3, however many gigabits times however many, etc. Yeah. Now HDMI, all of a sudden, we're going to have to start doing it in like gigabit per second. It's, it's that simple. That's, 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 that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah. It has, it has an HDMI 18 point whatever HDMI, man, HDMI 2.1 gigabit per second maximum. Hopefully DisplayPort doesn't do this crap. Please don't. <laughs> 48 gigabits per second, right? So you'll just say HDMI 48 GBPS. Do we give like some form of award or stamp or something to a product that is very well communicated? I don't think so. I don't want to, I, that's, you know, it's funny. It's funny you bring it up because awards we are something that I have. do that in the past. Yeah. Always avoided. Yeah. And the reason I've avoided it is because I don't believe the story of any product is as simple as a gold stamp. I, I don't even, it, it, it could be like, uh, I don't know, iron colored. Because all, all it is, all the, the only thing I would want it to say is that it lived up to the specs that it claimed. Hmm. I don't want it to say that it's a good product. I don't want it to say that you should buy it. It's just, they said it would do these things and it does. Good job. Yeah, I think having like a, like a, like a BS, like a smell test, you know, like a BS rating of, you know, A, B or C. Yeah, or D for like a fail. Like the, it's probably how not good bad. it is if it's recommended, yep. whatever. That could be all on the the video side, right? That's for LTT. That's for short circuit. That's for whoever they can try to communicate those things. Labs just goes like they didn't lie. Good job. Yeah, I could see something like that. And I don't. Maybe it's maybe it's dumb. It's I just reasonable. I know there's there's a lot of products that kind of BS about stuff, yep. especially in their like Amazon product name. You know, so I don't know. You know what? We should do sponsors. Yeah. No BS here. Thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring today's show. FreshBooks is an easy-to-use accounting software that helps you do your business. Impress clients with a professional-looking invoice that details the work you've done. Use automated payment reminders if invoices get past due. Easily track expenses and use the built-in time tracker to log every minute of billable hours so you don't have to think about it later. And keep everyone on the same page with the project feature which makes it easy for clients, teams, and contractors to collaborate, share files, and comment. Choose a plan that's right for you and start your free trial of FreshBooks for 30 days today, no credit card required, at freshbooks.com WAN. Finally, the show is brought to you by EK Waterblocks. EK Waterblocks has put together a ton of water cooling products to give away to our viewers. Oh, that's cool. They're giving away a 360, 280, and, oh, they're, sorry, not A, they are giving away 360, 280, and 240 millimeter AIO coolers. And the grand prize is an EK Quantum MSI MPG Z590 carbon Ooh. EKX motherboard. Cool. Dang. Uh, perfect timing for any of you that are planning on getting a new getting new computer parts for Christmas. It's a global giveaway. So enter for your chance to win using the link in the video description. Including Quebec? Uh, that one, I don't know. That's, uh, I'll let... Uh, I'll let EK and the province of Quebec figure that one out. Nice. T Quebec, it really isn't anyone's fault that 
it's other than your government. Yeah. That contest can't run there. Yep. Uh, oh, we also have one other big bit of news. LTT Store, as you guys may or may not have noticed, has a new product. This is the indoor hoodie. Cold basement, here's your solution. It's priced pretty aggressively, $49.99. Uh, where, did my, where did my little carousel navigation-y thing go? Oh, no. Okay, everything is terrible. It's very comfortable. I got the fabric this. feels very nice. Yeah, so it's meant to be kind of like a, like a, like a, like just a cozy kind of a lounger. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going outside. You know, I'm not going to be out in the the rain, snow, sleet, or hail, or whatever else. I just want something comfy to throw on, something in between, like a thicker hoodie and a long sleeve light shirt. Um, just kind of keep you keep you a little bit warm when you're sitting still and gaming for hours at a time. It's available in two colors. This and this, gray and dark aqua. Apparently, that's what we're calling them. <laughs> uh, so Luke and I are wearing both of them. Hundred percent coverage. Okay, that is not. That is that might be too much caboose. Look at that! Look at that booty! <laughs> I had to like make sure that was you before I said that. <laughs> because if it's me, it's like not sexual harassment. Yeah. Okay. You're fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Cancelled in three, two, one. Here we go, boys. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So uh there you go. It's uh it's a thing that you guys can uh, you guys can go check out lttstore.com. <laughs> and let's move on to our next topic here. I was oh, pretty sure I decided to verify. I want to talk about the Dell <clears throat> Luna concept laptop. Yes. This is super cool. Here's Dell's blog post. And uh, the, the, I think the title here says it all, Pushing the Boundaries of Sustainable PC Design, Concept Luna. Sort of. <clears throat> well, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. Full disclosure, before we jump into this topic, I am an investor in Framework Laptops who is also striving to make a more repairable, uh, more sustainable laptop and actually has a product. So that's something. I reached out to Dell and I have I have asked now multiple times to get hands on with this thing because I am extremely interested. I want to cover it. I want to talk about it. And the answer has been categorically no. Uh, we will not give you any hands on with this, which leads me to believe that it may not be as far along as I would like it to be. Right. I am still really excited about a lot of the stuff that they're talking about here. So it was designed in collaboration with Intel and has a focus on eco-friendliness and repairability. How, you might ask? All right, let's get you through that. So first is reducing the carbon footprint of the product through manufacturing changes, like reducing the size of the motherboard by 75%. Okay, yeah, but the trend towards smaller motherboards because they're just trying to make thinner laptops has been a thing for a long time. But uh, And reducing component counts by 20%. Dell claims this could reduce the carbon footprint of the motherboard by 50%. Yeah, that seems, that seems pretty reasonable. Using less materials, definitely a plus. This is cool. Moving the motherboard to the display portion of the laptop, which would put it closer to the outside of the chassis and improve heat dissipation. Now, it's very clear from hearing that that this is not the kind of product that would be in the performance tier. This would be something that would be in more like a biz, like a B two B, a Chromebook <clears throat> sort of class of product. Uh, if you're expecting to presumably passively cool it, and if you're going to have light enough components that the whole thing isn't going to tip over like a lot of the convertibles that we saw over the years. 
Uh, batteries with advanced deep cycle cells. This one I'm really interested in because if we could have batteries that lasted longer, obviously that's gonna be a freaking plus. Stamped aluminum construction to minimize scrap. This is something that I, I have been, man, I'm, I've been very torn about over the years. I don't know if I've really talked about it, but machined, like one unibody aluminum chassis, which uh, Apple famously uh, popularized back with, man, what, what generation would that have been? Sorry, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I don't know if Apple is the first to do it, but boy, were they ever the first to do it well when they released their first unibody Mac with basically the keyboard side down, and then the whole thing is just machined out, giving it this rigidity that we just hadn't seen before. Like those things were, they were such a game changer, right? The problem is that all that aluminum, yeah, you, you just, you remove it from this block of aluminum to create what is essentially an empty like shell. Shreds. Yeah. And you're, you're utterly shredding it, which while, yeah, okay, yes, you can, you can melt it back down and you can, you can create a new block of aluminum out of the shreds, but there's, there's a lot of overhead. There's a lot of energy involved in that process and it's <clears throat> not that simple. Um, so switching to stamped aluminum, presuming that they can still keep excellent structural rigidity could be an excellent way to not create as much scrap aluminum. They've got fewer layers in the display. And then when we get into reusing, repairing, and recycling, they want to reduce the number of screws in the device from hundreds to just four for more convenience and shorter repair times. Sure. And they've designed a new PCB made with flax fiber in the base and water-soluble polymer as glue, allowing recyclers to more easily separate metal and components. That is super cool. Forgive me if I turn my nose up. I have not watched Lewis Rossman's video yet, and maybe I'm maybe I'm well out of uh, well out of turn here. Oh, did Rossman make a video already? Apparently, there is one. Someone someone in the chat mentioned that there is one. Of course, he did. Yeah. Um, but I just TLDRS guys TLDRS. Yeah, let us know what he has to say. But I I don't see anything on here about. Uh, replacement parts. I don't see anything on here about schematics. I don't see anything on here that has anything to do with sustainability other than things that would immediately save them money. Which is great. If you can do both, if you can save yourself money and be more sustainable for the environment. And it really raises the question why you didn't do it already. Why weren't you doing this already? But Dell has done things in the past. Dell has had laptops with uh, yeah. swappable CPUs. Dell has had laptops with like huge panels on the bottom where you can swap out a very large amount of things. Maybe it's not as swappable or maintainable as a, as a framework laptop, but there was genuinely like you could swap the CPU, you could swap the RAM, you could swap the drives. And they had these panels. This was really common back then. They yeah. had these panels where that would show a symbol for the thing that was under it. So they'd have like, this is the RAM panel. It's one screw to remove that. And you know what? Now that they're down to four screws, that sounds great. That's cool. But this really is like I feel like it's a it's a far from far enough. I think that's fair. Um, something that we haven't talked about enough is there are actually conventional or like traditional laptop manufacturers that are doing a way better job than sort of I, I think someone like an like an Apple is at this point. I don't yeah. think they're at the point where they provide actual schematics for their main boards, but HP has excellent resources that anyone can access that includes uh, teardown guides for many of their laptops. That's I cool. don't know if it includes all their consumer stuff, but I know that a lot of their business stuff 
does have resources like that available. Again, I don't know how will they archive it. Um, but I think that what Dell is, what Dell is doing here, here's my most positive spin on it. What Dell is doing here is they are joining the conversation. Yeah. And just, this is a really important conversation. I feel like and they're listening from outside the door. We need to not. Yeah. But the thing is, we need to not be one of those communities that says, you know what? You're not a good enough ally. You should ally better. So I think what we should do I, is we yeah. should take every ally we can get and applaud everything that they do that is good while continuing to call out everything they do that is suspect. So I want to see, like you said, I want to see, yeah, availability of schematics. I want to see a commitment to that. I want to see a commitment like Framework has made to allowing these motherboards to live a new life in a thin and light chassis as a desktop, right? So I want to see that too. I want to see, I want to see more. I want to see hands-on with it. I yeah. want to know if this is a science fair project. It feels like it. Okay, so I, I do agree with you. I just, reading this, it really does feel like a science fair project. And without schematics and without replacement parts, honestly, a lot of the things that they did to make it more environmentally friendly, which is cool and good, sounds like it's going to uh, hurt its longevity as a product. They sound like things that could result in the bricking or death of the device quicker and more easily. And if, you, if it's not easier to repair alongside that, then this might not even reduce waste. Yeah. So, like, I'm really not sold. I, I, I appreciate that they're trying, but, like, I feel like there's some really big things missing here. And the fact that they're not letting anyone see it, there's no schematics, whatever, is, like, is this even a thing? Like, I, 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 I want to see more. I'm definitely... I'm open to the conversation. If if Dell pushes this forward, if they do schematics, if they hopefully, um, if they hopefully announce that they're oh we're gonna do some replacement, yeah, we're like actually gonna whatever. do this instead of just like oh we're gonna try to transition by 2030. Yeah, you then know. that's awesome. Heck yes, you don't have to do it exactly the same way that Framework does. Sure. If you get part of the way there, that's still really cool. But I'm not necessarily even convinced this is part of the way there. Like straight up, just reading this, this purely just sounds like a really cheap to manufacture low end laptop. Yeah. That they are luckily able to say is sustainable, which is cool, but I'm not even convinced of that because a lot of the things that they're talking about make it sound like it's going to get damaged really easily, which okay. is concerning when it's not more repairable. So I, I don't know. So that's fair. Maybe I'm totally out to lunch. Hopefully I am. Honestly. Yep. I mean, yeah. So just to be clear, guys, Dell isn't committing to release this tomorrow. This is a concept. Um, if if anything, this is the kind of thing that they're saying, hey, maybe in the next 10 years. But again, back to not wanting to, to, to crap on someone who is at least drawing attention to this problem. True. Um, yeah. you know, Dell could have easily just kept their mouth shut. Yeah. Because drawing attention to this making people think about, you know, sustainability in laptops. Like here, let's do a little exercise. I have not done this. Sustainable laptop. Okay, what am I going to find? Oh, good. Dell bought an ad. Uh, I'm going to find <laughs> leafscore.com. I have no idea what the heck leafscore.com is. Okay, it's all Dell stuff. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, so it, it feels like marketing for a very cheap to manufacture laptop. Okay, so the only thing other than Dell 
We've got an HP buyer's guide and we've got a framework article. Framework sustainable DIY. So Dell could, Dell could have just kept their mouths shut and they could have just focused on products that they're actually selling, right? Because on the one hand, yes, they're creating positive headlines for their company and for their brand. But on the other hand, they're creating all of those positive headlines for something that generates them literally zero revenue. The only other option, the only options on this page to actually buy anything are an HP sustainability shopping guide that, as far as I can tell, is just a bunch of Spectre laptops. Like this, this is just a product page. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, they're Energy Star certified. Sure. All right, HP. Uh, or an article about the framework. So out of things you can actually buy, zero of them are Dell. So we shouldn't discourage Dell from talking about this stuff. We want them to, we, we want them to talk about it. We want them to make people aware of it. All right. So that's, that's the deal with Project Luna. Oh, actually, there's a couple of discussion topics here from our, our new writer who hasn't passed probation yet. Which of these features would you most like to see implemented into your laptop is one of the discussion topics. And uh, maybe more importantly, Dell has eschewed investigating the upgradability aspect that is a core part of frameworks design philosophy. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Does easy upgradability perhaps encourage consumer wastefulness? Should people not just buy exactly what they need at the time if they're able to, rather than taking a module out and putting a new module in? How do you know that's in? not what they're doing? Consumers? Yeah. Well, I, I think if your sales pitch is, hey, you know, buy this and then like, you know, add stuff to it later and then chuck that other stuff. It, it depends. As long as there's a clear, as long as there's a clear ongoing purpose for that thing that you're getting rid of, or if there's like a, a downstream use for it, like, um, okay, my Ura ring, for example, I just upgraded to the Gen 3. And uh, for the Gen 2, because I mean, it's like sized to you, right? Like there's the odds of you knowing someone who will fit exactly the same ring size. I mean, they're not zero, but they're also not infinitely large. Um, they've got a program where they will send you a prepaid shipping label. You just chuck your Gen 2 ring in a box and then they donate it to um, to programs that are doing like sleep and activity monitoring studies and stuff like that. Um, so they've, they've created this clear downstream purpose for it. That sounds really cool. That makes me feel like, okay, yeah, I'm upgrading for a feature that quite frankly, I don't really need. But uh, as long as that other one will continue to be used and will continue to sort of contribute in some meaningful way, then I'm, I'm content with that. So I, I don't want framework to fall into a trap where they're like, oh yeah, you know, just buy the entry level one today. So we're essentially manufacturing scrap and then throw away the pieces as you upgrade it later. Like those, those types of messages do exist. And I, I don't want that to be it. I'm not saying they're doing that now at all. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying that upgradability is not just obviously the answer. It's not necessarily a good thing. If I think if, uh, and this might be an absolute pipe dream, probably is to be very clear. But I think if there was somehow standards to certain components within, you know how like RAM? Yep. Right? If that was spread out a little bit further to more components, sure. then you could end up with places like FreeGeek just having a bunch of components for laptops and they can rebuild things together. And yeah, stuff for like sure. Yeah, um, I could see that. As long as there's like heavy uniqueness within laptops, which has been a thing forever. Um, it's gonna yeah, be, it's tough. It's going to be pretty hard. Yeah. It's pretty tough. 
So, good luck. Um, meanwhile, Microsoft, want to talk us through this one? Uh, sure. Sorry, there's merch messages are going ham. So maybe yeah, jump I'm over on there. it. I'm on it. Uh, Microsoft leans further into right to repair. We got another one of these topics. Microsoft is teaming up with iFixit. iFixit's pro-independent repairers, uh, Microsoft authorized service providers, Microsoft experience centers, and Microsoft commercial customers whew, uh, can now purchase official service tools for Surface devices directly from iFixit, not available directly to consumers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised iFixit greenlit that. Me too. I own, I skimmed this topic. I did not read that one bullet point, and that lifts a pretty heavy eyebrow. But maybe eventually. Um, three custom tools along with weights and accessories will be designed by Microsoft and manufactured by iFixit. Interesting. Uh, they're primarily for debonding and rebonding of materials for select Microsoft Surface models. Not necessary to perform the repairs, but should be helpful to ensure they're done without error which they're very prone to when you're doing that type of repair. Um, I added that little thing at the end. Mm-hmm. Discussion question. Should the standardized, should the standard instead be that you should be able to take most items apart without specialized tools like this? Yes. It's a step in the right direction, but home users can't buy it, and now repair shops need to buy more specialty tools. It's also very odd that it's designed by Microsoft and manufactured by iFixit. It sounds like Microsoft is trying to buy approval. I'm not trying to be negative Nancy guy today, but like, what the heck? This is really weird. So one thing I might say is if we look at the timeline for when Microsoft said they would do their investigation into repairability, and this now quick. this is quick, at least they're doing something. Oh, yeah. So the, the, the fact that it's happened, this one, I will absolutely give them the like, the fact that it's happening at all is a positive. I will totally give them that. It's just, it's just really weird. <laughs> I don't know why they don't make it available to everyone. Microsoft can absolutely manufacture things themselves. I'm not saying iFixit is... iFixit's great. I have nothing negative to say about iFixit. Yeah, well, I mean, this is something. Like, they're complicit now. So, in, in my opinion... Um, but they're complicit in it not being available to consumers. They're, they're, yeah. they're complicit in it not just being generally available. Yeah. Um, I, and I suspect this is kind of a fraught political issue over at Microsoft right now. This is purely speculation. This is purely my personal suspicion. But when we bent the bottom of our Surface Pro, whatever, the, la- the last laptop, uh, Surface Laptop Pro, Surface Laptop number, whatever it is. So I can never keep track of their their model names. They're very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, when we bent the bottom lid of it, we contacted Microsoft. We said, hey, we'd like to just buy a lid. And it was part, partly it was a test. It was like, hey, are you going to like make parts available in case something gets damaged? Because it happens. And they were like, no, that is absolutely not a thing that is available under any circumstances, not even to you. And I was like, oh, good. We're off to a, to a good start here. <laughs> um, now, I, 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 I sent a, a follow-up email. I was like, hey, okay, well, you know, hopefully, you know, you guys aren't too frustrated by, you know, what... It was partially our fault that we, we damaged it. You know, we're not, like, trying to destroy your product. That's not the kind of channel we are. We are. We're not tech racks. That's not our jam, right? Um, I straight up never got a reply. Just nothing. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, um... Cool. You know, if we have to buy Microsoft products to tear them apart in the future, then we'll do that. But hopefully, we can. Hopefully, we're still cool. Um. Yeah, I just. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't like 
that iFixit is profiting from a program that restricts inherently restricts access to the tools they're profiting from. And it would I'd be way cooler with it if they were like, you know what? We're just getting manufacturing spun up. We don't have enough for everyone. We're starting with commercial customers first. It's yeah. going to be available more open later. There's also the 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 potential the, the conversation at least because iFixit has basically come out and said, "Look, Microsoft stuff is like it's basically repairability score yeah. zero. Yeah. You should not try to repair this." Yeah. So if they came out and they said, well, here's the thing. Microsoft's current crop of products, honestly, only pros should be repairing these things. We are working hard to create a well-equipped network of pros, but we're working with Microsoft where future like products that. will be way better. Look, I'm saying it could be a situation where at least they're you. doing what they can do now. I don't like that this creates a very significant conflict of interest, though. Yeah, and I don't like... It, it ain't a little one. I don't like, li like, you can give people warnings, but I don't like stopping people from sure. anchoring. That's always been a bit of a pet peeve. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So I don't think pushing the incoming ones that are timed out is working. Is there, like, do you have any way of? It's not? That? I don't think so. They don't, they don't move. Maybe they work for you. Uh, what's our next next topic here, though? There's actually a few sort of little things that we don't have like a full thing written out for, but um, Hunter AP in the Floatplane chat was asking, hey, Linus and Luke, did you hear about TikTok's Studio Live apparently using OBS code? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I knew they were using, well, the second that it came out that they had streaming software, I was like, oh, so they're using OBS. I didn't even like think about it. I also didn't realize they were using it illegally until we were sitting down here. So I don't have a lot of information on it, but... Could OBS just catch a break? Yeah, really. At some point? I feel like everyone's just trolling them at this point. Like, should we, should we release, should we release Linus OBS? Yeah, yeah. LTOBS. LTOBS. LTTOBS. Just be... And then... It's just, there's like nothing changed except it's black and orange. Yeah. When they contact us with a cease and desist, we'll just be like, yeah, we were just kidding, guys. So just take the site down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just redirect it to their site. Like, here, we felt like you needed a W. So we went in, we were rude, and then you can just, you guys can, you can tweet about how you, like, shut yeah, it down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Just we'll, we'll do a Logan Paul, Jake Paul. We'll make a fake fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll have beef. Hype it up. Yeah. We'll have internet beef. Yeah, and nice. then. You guys can can big deal win. Yeah. Uh, Zatharian says OBS needs to close their source if they don't want people using it. No, 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 no. No. OBS needs to be what they are. They need to continue to be the awesome open source project they are because if they weren't open source anymore, they'd really need to change the name. That's that's like that that's what the O is. Um, <laughs> uh, and, but people need to just respect the license of their open source product. It's that simple. Uh, Gamer Inc. on Twitter said, poor OBS is like the smart kid everyone wants for the group project who just does all the work. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. You brutal. know what? Maybe we should just like, can you donate to OBS? Maybe I'll just donate to so. OBS right I now. So. Why, don't we, why don't we send a donation? How the, heck do you, how the heck do you send a donation to OBS? Contribute. Here it is. Okay. Um, Patreon. Can I just like okay via PayPal? I apparently can just, I apparently can just send money via PayPal. Okay. Oh, my, my wife 
uh, has the PayPal two uh, FA. So I'm gonna do it later, later. but I'm yeah. I'm I'm pledging. I'm pledging a thousand dollars to OBS because I feel Ooh. like I feel like OBS has had a you know month here, and we have been using them for years at this point. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay, thousand to OBS. Please. You know what? I'm actually just gonna send it to the accounting department instead of my wife. Hey. Um. Good. Yeah, because that's easier. Then she won't have to deal with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're just gonna we're just gonna do this. Okay. Cool. Sorry, I just have to do this before I forget. Otherwise, no I'll forget. And I don't want to be that person that's like, yeah, I'm gonna like donate to something, and then I don't do it. But it's not because I was malicious. Because I was just a scatterbrain and forgot. <laughs> Time <laughs> not to be a terrible person. Um, all right, let's go ahead and bah, bah, bah. Gizmodo. This is the funniest thing I've read on Gizmodo ever. Oh. So hey, those anti five G radiation necklaces are actually radioactive. <laughs> oh, how much? Not very. Because like bananas are radioactive. Not very. Very low, but if worn continuously, apparently could cause prolonged. <laughs> so, <laughs> so according to the Netherlands Authority for Nuclear oh, Safety man. and Radiation Protection, ANVS, um, <laughs> the levels of ionizing radiation detected are low and the risk is very small but they are potentially harmful to anyone wearing the product for an extended period of time. And they specifically mentioned red skin as a potential symptom of prolonged exposure. <laughs> oh my goodness. Imagine buying snake oil, drinking it, and being like, oh, what? Snake oil's not good for human consumption? <laughs> I Gee, don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. How on earth could this completely unregulated quack medicine cottage industry have possibly caused any kinds of health problems? <laughs> I mean, at least if you're just wearing amethysts, you're not actively harming yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're just... Or if you, you, know, if you put a whole bunch of pounds of it in your computer. Like, like it's, it's a good thing. At least if someone's wearing like, you know, a big amethyst like head shield, you can see them and be like, you know what? We probably have nothing in common. <laughs> I can just stay <laughs> away and it's going to be okay. And Everyone's going to be fine in this scenario. You can 100% not Genuinely talk to them. Genuinely doesn't bother anyone. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man. It's just, oh. it's just terrible. Gizmodo, Gizmodo. Uh, iClone. Yeah, you got to head over there, have a read through the whole article. We didn't do any prep on this one. We're just kind of pointing you at that. Uh, did you want to talk about Log4j at all? Or you just don't I, want to talk about it? I think it? it's been a little beat to death if you care about it at all this week. But it's something that I think I might be able to add to the conversation that I don't think necessarily everyone's talking about uh, is that if you had a server or service or whatever that um, had issues with Apache Log4j, you should look into... Uh, the concept or idea that someone could have used that vulnerability already in a way that you don't necessarily know and they could exploit that vulnerability with backdoors or something further down the line. We are very, very far from done uh, in regards to talking about the impact of the Log4j issues because they are going to spring up later. I can yeah. pretty much guarantee it because people are seeding things right now that they will exploit later when they want to. Um, so be careful. And if you're on a, a big team, you need to look into 
the, the, the potentials of, of these vulnerabilities being exploited already. And if you're on a small team, it's genuinely not a bad idea to go into uh, like a attack defense mode now to try to find it. So be aware. Don't, don't get caught. Um, because it, it, just because things feel fine right now, it's very likely that they won't be. Also, uh, be careful with patching uh, fixes into things that are very, very, very new and were created very, very, very quickly. <laughs> because the uh, the first fix for Log4j had other vulnerabilities in it. So I mean, what's your solution to that, though? What are you supposed to do? Not patch it? There's there's potentially other things that you can do, like not using it, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> but also also just being hyper aware because it it yeah it allows people to connect and do bad things so just i hope you enjoy the overtime i don't know <laughs> yeah that's about it this just is... don't think it's over and if you if you work somewhere and they're like oh yeah we applied the patch it's good we're good you're not good <laughs> and don't think that it's over all right, uh, Timo's uh, merch message is hilarious. Uh, you guys will see this in a second, but I'm going to put it up there. I ruined Christmas. I was about to place an order when the SO came running in all me. Uh, she had already bought a whole heap of LTT swag for me for Christmas. I ruined the surprise. Well, I wanted more. Love you guys and all your vids. Keep up the, I don't know, and then it cuts off, but uh, picked up the uh, indoor hoodie in gray. So uh, enjoy, enjoy. Um, I did want to talk about the dislike restorer extension. So you guys might have noticed that YouTube removed full API access to their uh, to their dislike counter on, I believe it was the twelfth, which means that any new videos do not have uh, 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 an actual reported by YouTube dislike counter. However, if you've got the uh, dislike restorer extension, you might have noticed that you didn't notice anything. That's because over the last, I mean, since YouTube made the announcement, apparently something like 5 billion videos dislike counters were backed up and are still accessible so awesome. through the extension. <laughs> so that if I were to click on something like this, um, oh, is this Sasha Baron Cohen? What's this character? Bruno. Bruno, Bruno character. I could see that the like-dislike ratio on this video is actually very good and is probably quality because it's Sasha Baron Cohen, which I know already because it's Sasha Baron Cohen. But <laughs> also, it's got a 99% like-dislike ratio, which, to be clear, is not the only signal that you should look at. But if it's got 4.7 million views, it has a high like-to-view ratio, and has a high like-to-dislike ratio, it probably saves me the trouble of scrolling down to the comment section to see a possibly curated comment section and try to sift through that to figure out if the video is worth my one minute and 36 seconds or not. Um, and what's really cool is they are actually using what little they have of publicly available cues to attempt to keep some semblance of a dislike counter along with some kind of hopefully indicator of its hopefully accuracy yeah. uh, based on users of the extension disliking. So between users of the extension using it, things like like to view ratios, um, hopefully in the future at some point, they could also examine comment sentiment or look for comments with tons of upvotes that are like dislike, um, 
in order to restore dislike functionality. So I don't typically come out and endorse a browser extension because no. the thing about browser extensions is that they could be doing all kinds of nefarious tracking. Yeah. Um, especially if they're monitoring your YouTube watch history. I mean, think about how valuable that data is to Google. You think it's not valuable to someone else? So I'm not going to endorse it. But I will tell you guys that I intend to use it. Me too. So, yeah. Cool. And I feel the same way about browser extensions. But yeah, definitely. And I, YouTube, YouTube, in my opinion, is way like astronomically less usable without it. Like yeah. I, I, My satisfaction with using YouTube went up astronomically after installing the extension. And I, I, I know that this dislike counter is not going to be completely accurate. But no. I didn't use it as some kind of like, like the God's honest truth, the quality of the video. That's not how I used it. Indication. I used it as, as an indicator. And so if it's at least accurate enough to give me some indication, then honestly, it's as useful as the dislike counter ever was anyway. And I am so far pretty pleased with it. Here's an MKBHD video that's uh, behind the scenes of the blind smartphone camera test on there, the studio kind of uh, behind the scenes channel with a 2200 to 15 like to dislike ratio. You know what? That's probably about right. Probably. Might end up with a few more because you never know. Someone might be a big fan of some phone that Marquez was like, mm, actually, I didn't think this one was that great sure. uh, or whatever, right? I haven't, well, I haven't watched the video, so I don't know exactly how the thing went down or what someone might get butthurt about. But Marquez almost never dips into 95% like-dislike ratio territory. So if it indicated something like that, I'd, I'd, I'd watch the video. I'd go in, I'd watch I'd be like, okay, what's going on here? Did, did he do something hyper-offensive? Like, did he uh, you know, do a sponsored video for not a Tesla again or something like that? Like, that was a time that his community reacted quite strongly to uh, a video that he made. It's one of the only examples I can think of. So I'd be looking for something really unusual. And if there wasn't something like that, then I would look at this and I'd go, okay, this is probably not working. But this looks about right. He's got a community that is dialed in. And generally speaking, the quality of the content is, well, it's the reason that these guys are dialed in, right? So... This passes my sniff test anyway. Yeah, and, and I mean, return, there's a bunch of different ones, but return YouTube dislike or return to YouTube dislike.com, uh, their source is up on GitHub. So Okay, that's, so return YouTube dislike cool. is the one that I'm using. Yeah, yeah. And as, as far as my understanding goes, the main one, and you can see all their source, it's it's all FOSS, everything's, everything's all good. And if we get enough people using it, then we will actually have, and, and if we actively engage with the like and dislike buttons, which is something that I've actually never really been motivated to do before. I do it now. But if we actively engage with the like and dislike buttons, and we all use this extension, which I am not endorsing, then we basically have all the same functionality that we had before, and YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, like. Yeah. I, I, I actively dislike things significantly more now than I did in the past, and creators are getting that information. Yep. So, neato. So everyone wins, I guess. Neato. I wonder how many downloads this extension has. Millions. Yeah, I would think so. I know it's million plus. I think, I think for extensions it stops counting there. Okay. I'm not certain. Well, here, let's find like a, let, let's search like BTT, better Twitch TV. 
Uh, oh man, better Twitch. Okay, why can I not? I got find it up this? already. It says four million plus, so there's more for that. Okay, we're on your screen. Four million plus. Okay, so uh, oh wait, your screen capture is not working. Well, we're sitting in the dark. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, it says yeah, it says four million plus users on Better TTV, and then if I go okay. back to, um. Rising from the Ashes says it won't work on mobile, though. That's what YouTube's pushing. I mean, that's that's fair enough. Um, yeah, at least if I'm, I mean, really, I think when I'm just browsing on mobile is not when it matters to me as much. Yeah. Although sometimes it does. Like, a lot of the time I'll be trying to follow, like, a repair guide or something like that on my phone, and I'll, like, have it next to me. So, no, Personally, I shouldn't say that. It's, okay, it still sucks. It does. It still sucks. And if YouTube could just do their job, then that would be better. Yes. But if someone else can't do their job as well but at least makes it so that i can go run to my desktop or my laptop Pretty and like cool. figure out what video i'm gonna watch on my phone load it up on my phone and then go do it like fine at least there's a workaround that i shouldn't need but that i have it would be possible oh my goodness that would be horrible there's a way it would suck but there's a way that you could make it work 100 percent. well other than like remoting into a desktop like no you could so uh yeah <laughs> Horrible. You could have like a, a screen recorder that watches your screen and reads the title and then normalizes titles and and like puts information on top Man, of Man, that's an app that would have some scary permissions. Oh, yeah. You'd have to literally be oh, watching yeah. your whole screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't think a lot of people you could like that You app. could have it so that it, you open YouTube through that app. So when you press that app, it opens up YouTube and turns the screen recorder on so that it's not always there. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a rough idea all i'm saying is it could work sorry i just punched the mic um yeah i i also i have a bit of a weird use case but i right. often don't trust the random guide for doing whatever i want to do on youtube right away even with dislikes showing so i'll usually browse as quickly as i can on my desktop mm -hmm. and then find the one i want to watch and then open it on my phone and go so personally it works pretty well for me but i i realize not everyone does it that way uh hold on a second what is happening here okay Apollo. why not just urls because you're watching it in an app you're watching it in, in the youtube app if you're watching it through a browser then you would just do it normally right uh i think it's time for us to do some merch messages what do you think uh yeah heck yeah all yeah, right yeah. um uh, uh, do you want to do you want to uh okay so did we figure out what's happening with the ones that we're supposed to be able to push but they're not working no uh, they they pushed i'm pretty sure for me really okay so like this if i click it it doesn't do it though i think it works for me oh interesting where, okay where is that uh just the incoming ones there's like a ton of incoming ones for me or do they not appear for you okay then neat so i just need to go through the curated ones then. something's funky yeah yeah oh ken all right been a fan for a long time i was a guildmate of yeah. tyler Sion. wow i still miss him every day trust me man we miss him too i mean you can you can hire someone to fill a job but you can't replace someone like that it's not um it's just never it's never going to be the same it's I've, not something it's not 
I shouldn't say it's not something I never thought about. It is something that I thought about. I remember talking to you about that like weird dream I had where like Ed died and then we got like a statue and yeah. we put it in his chair because it was basically the same thing because he never talked to anyone anyway. <laughs> and it was like I woke up and I was like, wow, that was a super weird experience. Like it's something I thought about. It's something that I didn't really like with with a team that was so young and overall healthy, it's not something that I expected that we'd ever have to deal with. And it was an absolute shock yeah. for us. I still have, um, around that time, I was working with Tyler on a new inventory system, which actually we just launched with a lot of his guidance um, very, very recently. And people seem to like it. So that's very cool. Um, but I have, I, I asked him if I could screen record those calls because honestly, when you're discussing what someone wants from a piece of software, it's often easier to just have their original words um, because things can get lost in translation For and sure. stuff. And I have those, like I, I back them up and everything, but I still have them on my local system and I didn't rename the files. So every once in a while, when I'm like looking for a video to test and upload with on, on a uh, float plane, I'll like accidentally open that. And then I hear them talk and I get like big, sad punched in the gut a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are joining us late, um, Tyler was um, one of the members of our team who unfortunately uh, passed away very, very unexpectedly, um, leaving us, leaving a pretty, a pretty big hole um, yeah. here. Um, is the memorial stream still up somewhere? I actually don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it was one of those things where it was like, really, it was, yeah, I, you know what? I would rather move on at this point. Yeah. Yep. Let's, uh, okay. Uh, Vinay, um, anyway, he was great. That's, that's what I have to say about that. Vinay, uh, hey guys, longtime viewer, first time caller. Tomorrow's my 25th birthday. Could I get a shout out? Happy birthday, Vinay. Also, hey. my beanie gets fuzzy and I think it shrank when I washed it. Uh, anything I can do to prevent it on the next one? Oh, okay. So fuzzy, I'm a little confused by because I wash mine regularly. I have not had that issue. Um, you should contact support. Maybe there's something wrong with yours or it could be something about your uh, your washing machine like there or your dryer. There, there, can be, uh, there can be aspects of those devices that can make it more likely for your clothes to pill. As for the shrinking, just wear it. It'll, it'll stretch out again every time. And then when you wash it again, it will shrink again. And it's like, fine. Like this one I put on this morning and it was like crazy tight. And now it's totally back to normal. Um, so if you just wear it for a day or maybe two, uh, it'll probably get completely back to normal as far as size goes. Uh, if you ever have any issue with a product though, you should absolutely contact support. They yeah. will get you sorted yeah. out. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Jacob, love the merch message ideas. Could you make a water bottle and shirt with the Northern Lights design? I need it on more LTT merch. Um, it's probably not a bad idea, actually. Northern Lights water bottle. We could even just do it as like limited edition or something like that. I don't know if we do it as a shirt. I think the um, shirt could be okay. Yeah, but I don't... Uh, see, that's the thing. I don't... I want us to push forward rather than just find something that works and keep doing it. And so that's one of the things that I think actually makes life more interesting for our designers i don't want their job to be to just find something that we know people like and keep recycling it and so it means we make more mistakes but i think it means that um we're doing things that are more fresh as well that's my that's my opinion i think my one argument would be that it doesn't feel 
I guess it is sort of recycling, but mm. making it available for the first time ever on a wearable product mm. doesn't seem like you're milking it too much I'll to me. I'll think about it. Yeah. I don't know. I'll think about it. Yeah. I'll think about it. Uh, yeah, the water bottle is a pretty, pretty cool idea. Um, Theodore D says, got the mini and couch size CPU pillows in a previous purchase. I remember there was talk of a Threadripper size pillow. Should I go get it? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I can keep going. All right. Yeah. Uh, for Joseph E., the Fold 3, uh, check out the video on the Oppo Find N on Short Circuit. Um, I, I talked about a lot of my thoughts. I'm not going to do the follow-up full review on the Fold 3 because I talked really about my main thoughts in that video. Uh, there's some in here that Linus should probably address, so I'll skip those. We'll come back to those. Uh, one of them from Christopher R. How is Linux working for Luke now for work? <laughs> Funny story. Uh, <laughs> Linus is laughing because I was I was venting to him. Uh, only Linus and the floatplane guys know this story because uh, the floatplane guys are very very uh, in tune with it because I was huffing and puffing about this earlier this week. But um, so I don't think I actually necessarily told people what distro I'd been using on my laptop. I just told people I was running Linux on my laptop, and uh, the distro that I was running was Ubuntu. I liked it for the most part, but um, it felt a little laggy. Certain things felt like they took a while to load. To be fair, that laptop is a little jank and getting a little old. So it might not have been Ubuntu's fault, to be very clear. Um, but I had Mint on a flash drive and I had been thinking for a while, like, you know, I wanted to try out Ubuntu because a lot of people recommended it. And I know like Mint is based on it. They're very highly related, etc. But a lot of the differences I'm not necessarily that into. I wanted to definitely give GNOME 3 a chance, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm, ultimately, I'm not really that into it. I liked what I already had. Um, no offense to Ubuntu or GNOME 3 or anything like that. I just liked the familiarity of what I had already been working with. Um, so I'd already been thinking about going to Mint. Then I came into work, and I've been having this shoulder problem that's been really bad. I've been going to physio for it. I was playing badminton every week, and then uh, I lost a lot of my range of motion. I, I can like barely even reach behind my back. Um, I tried to prove to Linus and Yvonne that it was getting better when I was at their place one night, reached behind my back and we all heard my, my shoulder sound like it went through a cement mixer, just crunch. And I was like, well, there goes a lot of progress. So, um, the shoulder tightness and muscle pain and whatnot has been spreading to kind of like my neck and my upper back a little bit as well. Um, so I come into work and my monitor that normally when I sit down in office, I have my laptop and the screen is really low. And usually down there, it's just like the music, whatever I'm listening to. And then I have a monitor above, and that's where I actually do all my work. Um, but it wasn't working for some reason. I tried a few steps to diagnose it, but like, I got stuff to do. I can't sit here and diagnose my laptop all day. So I'm, I'm working down like this, and my neck really starts to hurt. So I'm like, oh, whatever. I have mint here anyways. I've been thinking about it. It's only going to take like five, ten minutes to get it set up, whatever. I install that, and it works. The external monitor works. Great. Things are good. I'm working along doing whatever while it's updating in the background and then just suddenly, boop, gone. I don't know what update did it. It was not the graphics driver. I know that much. So I, I have no idea what, what kicked it off again. But again, I'm sitting here stuck looking down at just my little laptop screen, which is not a good work experience, especially when I'm having these muscle problems. So then <sighs> I installed Windows. Can I just jump in and say that when I laughed, it wasn't because I'm some kind of like Microsoft uh, simp or something like that. I, I, I am absolutely well aware that they are, they're, very, they're flawed. They have flaws. Uh, I mean, I've spent I, 
a, a fair bit of my time being very frustrated with Microsoft Dude. over the Halo crashes that I've been experiencing. Yeah. It's a lot better now that I disabled the HD texture pack. Nice. Um, it's still not perfect. No. And it's, and it's not uh, actually, okay. So I should say I haven't crashed since then, but the experience of gaming is still terrible. There was a two-day period where I played probably somewhere between eight and 12 matches. I can't remember exactly. I think two or three of them were actually 4v4. Oh, because people keep leaving because Well, no, because people keep crashing. That too. Well, some of it is because people are chasing the challenges. Oh, that I didn't know. So if they jump into like, uh, say, here, here's an interesting one. You have to grapple shot five people. Well, some maps don't have the grapple shot. So they'll just drop. So they'll just leave brutal so anyways i installed windows and yes okay i didn't even realize that yeah i mean to be clear i don't think that's most of it for me mm. because a lot of them would disappear like just mid-match randomly like we'd be winning and someone would just leave yeah so that, i'm assuming that's probably a crash like we were we i think were, a lot of people don't know that the texture pack like makes you crash like we were crushing an oddball match 4v4 and then ended up losing 3v4. Yeah, that sucks. At like having almost won it. We were yeah. at like 90 points or whatever. I forget what it's up to. I think it's up to 100. It's up to 100, yeah. And then it was yeah, like 90 sucks. to 20. That hurts. That and then it just completely turned around. I was like, what is going on? Why is this so One of them's gone. And that's a very like acidic way to lose. It just it sucks. Yeah. It's such a terrible gaming experience. Yeah. So I'm just laughing because I just think it's funny that everything is trash. And 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 <laughs> what really sucks like is like yes, I got the monitor working and I was yeah. able to work for the rest of the day. Also, like I said, it took 5 or 10 minutes to get going on Mint. It took a long time to get going on Windows. It takes 5 or 10 minutes to get through the like just the setup wizard things. at this point in Microsoft and uh in Windows. Oh, and there like, there's some like like okay, you I log in, get my 2FA Hey, wait a second. We're setting up. Well, then what were you doing before? Yes. What were you doing when you were installing? And why do we have to do all these, these yes or no's before it installs? And you're doing all this stuff. Why is it that when I'm dropped on the desktop, I still have to install chipset drivers? How many companies make CPUs at this point? <laughs> you can't just... You, you, do you not have Intel's phone number? You can't be like, hey, sup, Intel. Could we maybe just... Have your driver be part of, like, it just installs, maybe, update Windows. <laughs> like, it just gets the latest one. Maybe not some garbage, generic, ancient one, or just maybe never at all. How about we just install it? What do you think of that? Does that sound cool? Is that cool, cool with you guys? Nice. Like, I just, I just, I can't fathom it, you know? And stuff like that that's been, you know, 20, 26 years later or whatever, since Windows 95. How are we still right-clicking on a yellow exclamation mark in Device Manager in order to install a driver for something? That should never happen. Yeah, and like so. Uh, okay, especially to clarify. It should never happen on an utterly mainstream like and paid for whatever the ASUS you know hundred and thirty hundred and forty dollar motherboard with whatever the Core i seven of the day is and some Nvidia or AMD current GPU. You should not need to do that. You should not need on to a paid touch operating system device manager. I installed it with legit license. Just saying. Yeah, and like so. <sighs> installing Mint and then Windows back to back was an incredibly frustrating experience because oh, 100%. Mint has the like 
first launch experience window that sure. shows up after you install. You can just close it if you want. It doesn't yeah. matter. And it has a bunch of options you can configure. And that's actually really nice because you go through the list and it's a lot of reasonable things that you would do when you first turn on a computer. I want to make sure my graphics driver is correct. I want to update the rest of my drivers. I want to configure how my windows look. I want to do yeah. these types of things. Great. That'll make sense. Text sizes, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft, how do they not... You know what's funny is they used to have personalization stuff as part of that whole process. Yeah. They probably realized it was way too long. And instead of cutting garbage like telemetry and just not having it maybe, uh, they cut all the stuff that you actually care about. Like I'm pretty sure Vista prompted you hey, for like you your want, color scheme. Do you want targeted ads or untargeted ads? We're going to have ads no matter what in your paid operating system. Like, oh my goodness, I was so cheese. And then I just, ugh. and honestly, not having the package manager which I've yeah. become used to on my laptop, <laughs> made setting up like Slack and Teams and all this. Other, well, Teams you have to get anyways, but whatever. Uh, it made setting up all these other things that I needed take longer. 100%. So the whole process just took forever. And then I'm just cheesed that I'm on Windows because the, <laughs> honestly, at this point, the user experience on my laptop on Windows is worse. But the screen worked. And like, I'm sure someone's like, well, I know that problem. You have to fix it by doing these various things. That's cool. I really needed to get work done, like really badly. And I did a few really quick searches on how to potentially fix it. Didn't work. I didn't have time to just sit there and diagnose my screen the whole day. I had work to do. Yeah. So at a certain point, I just have to do the work. I you don't know what? Know. I need to add this to the labs doc. Um, Conrad just posted the Xbox Series X uh, has ads for companies like McDonald's on the front page. And it really? reminded me of the Amazon TV that we made a video about recently um, where on your home screen of the TV, it was like, I forget if it was 40% ads or 40% anything you would actually, oh, wow. or 40% anything you'd actually want. Either one of those are too high. Yeah, either either one <laughs> of them is way too high. And I actually would like to have a, uh, like a ratio where we, we basically say, okay, like what, we actually measure it. What percentage of your UI is ads? Uh, and I think that's something that we could find a pretty, a pretty standardized way to test. If it's anything above zero, it's BS. Uh, well, not necessarily. Okay. So for the Amazon TV, for example, would you consider it completely outlandish to have uh, uh, a 10% of like a bottom bar that has an offer for Prime Video? Uh, Prime Video. You just bought an Amazon TV. Do you maybe want Prime Video? Yep, probably. Yeah. Or like on your Apple TV, if they're like, hey, do you want Apple TV Plus or whatever they call it, or Apple Gaming Subscription? I, I, I'm okay with the you McDonald's offering... The McDonald's ad is the one that I'm... It's, it's First-party ads are different, I think, than third-party ads. If, sure. If, if Xbox is advertising some game or Xbox Live or whatever else... Should it be 40% of your screen, though? Because no. Amazon had gigantic first-party ads. Oh, they're all first-party? I don't know if they were all first-party. I mean, that makes sense. They sell too much stuff, but... Um, yeah, third-party ads definitely bother me more, I would say. Need to create a system for measuring how pervasive ads are in a product. Um, like on a TV. On Frequency a TV. might be something on as screen. well. Yeah, that would be harder to measure. It though, would be. If you're not just sitting there using it, you're not going to know how often crap is going to That's something very difficult to do objectively. Yeah. Um, any plans for an LTT travel mug? At some point, yeah. We just haven't found... We just haven't found the, found the right thing um, so far. If I made a design for a merch idea, 
Would you care to see it? So really complicated. Yes. Uh, because, you know, IP is like complicated. And um, if, okay, here's a hypothetical, hypothetical scenario. What if I looked at it? And what if it was super similar to something that we happened to be have in the pipeline right now? Now I'm in a situation where, oh, crap, either I need to go buy it from you or something or license it from you, even though we came up with it ourselves, or I need to alter our design enough that you're not going to come back to me and complain when our design is super similar to the one that you showed me and that I didn't use. This is yeah. the reason why most TV shows just outright refuse to look at fan submitted scripts for example yeah because if they never look at it and they never allow you to send it to them then they can never be accused of copying it and there is actually a lot of times throughout history and it's it's interesting to go back to like way pre-internet pre-phone etc and find things that were invented in like very different places at times that it would not have been possible for the information to cross that distance in time yeah, for like them algebra yeah. Well, I didn't know that one in particular, but like like yeah. these types of concepts are often invented or thought of by different people at a very similar time frame. Um, while them actually it? both being technically so, their own original sorry, ideas. Calculus. Calculus. Okay. Uh, I think, I think it was calculus. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, in the 1600s, Isaac Newton and Gottfried Leibniz right. both discovered calculus. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I misspoke. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of different, versions of that obviously it's not the most common thing in the world but like it's definitely something that has happened it's common enough there's a word for it i can't remember what it is conversion evolution uh, is that it someone posted in, in oh yeah sure okay yeah there true you go. scott posted in in floatplane chat I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go with that um but yeah so so we don't want to risk don't wanna risk that yep uh donald i've watched ltt since around the time you moved from the old office i've learned so much you and your team are all awesome i hope you have an amazing holiday weekend oh yeah this is one that i probably would have just clicked show oh wait i clicked show no it did not work so have you gone through and have you done a round of if like it's curated yet if it's sorry if it's curated already i think the show thing doesn't work i no, think that's are, something i know these are all incoming for me what i have nothing sitting in incoming for me oh right so i'm supposed to be looking at curated, curated. leopoldo something's any going ltx on. updates we are we want to do an ltx update uh, or we want to do ltx in 2022 we're really hoping to do ltx in 2022 but um no guarantees can you scroll all the way up i can mm. are you troubleshooting yeah something's my mine's, mine's my missing mine, ha mine has lower order count than yours Oh. Okay. Uh, well, hopefully we are catching everyone. Sorry, it's sort of a new system. Um, mm -hmm. I'm still working on that. Uh, any chance we get Linus Cat Tips merch? Uh, yes. I definitely want to do a cat teaser. So it'll take time. You know, like a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. thing. Yeah. But like a hyper high quality one. The last one you'll ever buy. So what, what would go into a high quality... I don't want to say too much. We're I not early realized yet. right after saying that. Yeah, we're not we're not <laughs> far enough into it. Um, Jacob was working on it, and then he got sidelined for a project that I am not able to disclose for realsies. It's still too far out. But man, let me tell you, magnets, man. Oh yeah, magnets. Have yeah. you seen what he's working on? Uh, I've seen it. Kind of. I'm gonna go like this. So do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, so you do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I have not seen it up close. I've seen yeah. it like, yeah. Do you know about the like the really cool part of it though? 
the like the weird shape thing? No. Okay, well, I'll tell you about it later. Okay. But Jacob's working on something that's like a million dollar idea instead of a cat teaser right now. So cool. he'll come back to the uh, cat teaser eventually. Cat teaser could be a million dollar idea. Yeah, it could, but it won't be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we got we got we got we got more engineers inbound. We got to focus on the stuff that's like could be a seven figure project as opposed yeah. to yeah, because we got a lot of we got man, we had our budgeting meeting uh, last night. Oh yeah, and we. Man, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to hire that many people. It's a lot. <sighs> like, I would have never thought it possible for us to even approach 50 on staff, let alone getting dangerously close to 100. We were pretty tired by the end there. Something that I think would have been interesting, though, is to measure headcount. I didn't even want to count it. But, like, I think we should. It's, oh, I mean, I know. It would be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 80 to 85 if we actually hired every position we talked about yesterday. Are, you're technically a medium business once you pass 100, right? I think so. I don't even want that. I never wanted that. Yeah. That's like, that's wild. Yeah. Um, if you told me in 2013 we would have even been considering that at this point, I would have been like, what? In no. 2013, we were trying to figure out how to survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Price P asks, "Can you resurrect Tech Showdown? It scratches that Scrapyard Wars itch and seems much more COVID friendly." No, it didn't. It didn't do very well. Tech Showdown performed terribly uh, every time. I loved them, but I enjoyed it. Um, hey, Muppet House, thanks. Um, yeah, I think Marcus is on Twitter. You should you should let him know. Let him know, guys. Never be afraid to like you know go find our staff and tell them, hey, great job, right? Like well, that's one of the reasons that we have credits so that people aren't just like a nameless, faceless robot producing, you know, videos off a conveyor belt. Like it, I can tell you from personal experience, it will brighten someone's day. If you just go out of your way to be like, hey, and be specific, right? Be specific. Say, hey, that moment at this timestamp, if you want to be a real bro, you can actually include a link so that they can click the video and see the thing that you really liked and they can go watch it and be, oh yeah, you're talking about that. Yeah, I remember that. So include a timestamp, say, hey, I really like this. This is what I liked about it. That's how to give positive feedback in a way that will really lift someone's spirits. Some Tech Showdown episodes actually did quite well. And then there's others that we honestly put more work into that did really poorly like that one. But about a million, 1.1 million, 1.3 million. About a million is not very good. 1.3 million from five years yeah. ago? No, that ain't getting a, that ain't getting a sequel. Oh, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, no. Yeah. Because the stuff that really performed well from that period has like three or four million views. So mm. that's what we're kind of looking at. So yes, it's from a time when we were much smaller, but it's also had five years to for the algorithm to find someone who wants to watch it. Have you ever watched back the ending of Tech Showdown episode two, The Future? No. It's hilarious watching you and I like figure out what's even happening. <laughs> so many people thought we staged it. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you. I give you my personal Linus Tech Tips guarantee of honesty that we did not stage it. That Luke was one I, of those convergent idea things. Yeah, we both independently came up with exactly the same idea for our machines. Yeah. And we're not going to tell you what it is. Go watch it yourself. Yeah, go watch it. Tech pump show pump down up those views, the dude. The future. The future. Yeah. Okay, uh, Metal Gap, he says, so I wore my swag a few times, feels great, top job at Linus, Luke, and everyone involved with it. Okay, Luke had nothing to do with it. Nope. And I had barely anything to do with it. Hey, Luke. I wore it once. 
You need to go find. You need to go find. <laughs> well, more, yeah. You need to go find Nick on Twitter so that he can share that with the team. Um, so uh, yeah, well, on that, that's what you want. Okay, now Rise and Pillow. Yes, I'm working on it. Ooh. First, I want to show you guys something else though. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Okay, so Luke, this isn't the Threadripper one, but feel this pillow. Tell me if you notice anything about it. I don't know what I'm supposed to notice. I'm not very just, good at this. Just stuff. tell me about it. What is it? Um, am I supposed to show that side? Yeah, you can show any side you want. What I feel? Yeah, just tell me. Just tell me. Tell me. Tell me about the pillow. It feels nice. It's a hundred percent alpaca wool. Is it really? Because I was gonna say I can feel like you can tell it's not just something random. So for cost purposes, I didn't want to make that claim. For cost reasons, uh, the normal ones oh. are a blend, because alpaca wool is super expensive it costs way more than the like normal cheapo fill this might this might come across the wrong way so i didn't want to say it at first but i'm gonna say it anyways it's like almost sort of lumpy yeah because it's real it's it's well it's because it, yeah it's a natural fiber yeah but it's like and it will work itself yeah it's a kind of oh it's great it's a kind of like it's almost like a mush like it's almost like a yes. like a stress ball like yeah. it's this is why, this is where the obsession came from because we got a sample from the factory of the original CPU pillow that was all alpaca wool. We got samples of all different fills. And I was like, OMG, I love this. It's really nice. And I don't want Lumpy to come across negative. It feels really the nice. The costing made no sense. <laughs> so you're doing like a premium run or but something? But then the pillow has been really successful for us. And I was like, you know what? Maybe we could do a super low volume. This is going to be the extreme edition. Nice. Yeah. I don't know what the pricing is yet. Don't be surprised if it's like three or $400. If you don't buy extreme editions. Then don't even worry about this pillow. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, so it's all, it's in like a black, it's or like a dark gray on black color scheme uh, with the gold pins. It's like, it's like the stupidest stupidest flex I really ever. like I don't know maybe the other ones had this and I just didn't notice but it has the like little oh yeah they have it they have it oh, the little cool. the little triangle yeah. for installation yeah so that's the extreme edition it's I I know it's like the dumbest thing ever but I yeah I, I like it this <laughs> is the Threadripper <laughs> so it's here chungus it's it's chunky <laughs> It's coming. I believe these are, uh, Nick gave me a status update a little while ago. I think they're in the port, but we're having all kinds of issues with our port right now here in Vancouver. They're just, they're just dumping entire containers like into storage. Like we'll deal with it later. So Get, getting Christmas presents in time has been difficult. Yeah. Uh, good, good luck, everybody. Metal Gappy says, I'm going to be dumb as balls and buy two. I would actually strongly not recommend it. It's, it's one of those things that only exists so you can be like, wow, I've got an extreme edition pillow. You do not need two of them because it's not even for like these pillows are not for like sleeping on. They're not bed you don't pillows. Need to, yeah, you don't need to fill your skull trail couch. Yeah. Yeah. Totally not necessary. So this is a blend. This is. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it still feels really good. That was why we settled on the blend. Right. But it's not like that. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. You can tell it's, it's not, it's not as good. Sorry. I keep moving away. <laughs> Um, 
uh, ET on the Extreme Edition. I think it's coming around the same time as the Threadripper pillow, and I think the Threadripper pillow is going to be a couple different sizes. If the Threadripper pillow is a different size than that, please disregard the one that we held up. We had samples of like six different sizes or something like that. That was just the first one that I found. So check, go by the measurements on the site, and you can see you can see the design. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Google Play, Google Play, Google Play. Google Play. What? Google Play. Got to talk about Google Play. Because last time on the show, I only talked about it in the pre-show. And I slammed Apple for the stupid junk that they did with our app. Yeah. And on the weekend, which I've never witnessed from Apple before, maybe it's a thing and it just hasn't happened with us. I don't know. But they they just silently released our app after I complained about it on WAN show. That's pretty funny. I don't know if they saw Hi, it or Apple not. Apple developer. But I think they did. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I got a feeling. Um, because they're, yeah, anyways. Um. Google has been throwing us for an absolute loop. Super frustrating. They have never needed to do a manual. Uh, they, they like, I think they do like an automated review just yeah. to make sure it's not like. Obviously malware. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure they do that. I haven't really dove into it because I don't care because they're not releasing malware. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. But um, they've never done like a, hey, we need to log in and look at your app directly thing before. Yeah. And then we pushed an unfortunately quite buggy version of the app um people have been pointing out when the app is fully closed like fully closed it's not running in the background or anything yeah. and you get a notification it will crash um if you want to use it this way if you get that if it if it crashes there's a new release because <laughs> it's a notification every time um it's it's a weird use case we should have tested for it uh we actually do test for the app not being open but we haven't tested with it like forcibly closed. I see. And it's only when it's forcibly closed. Anyways. Um, so basically it's the people who have like memory management. Yeah. Like software that's like actually forced, like completely shutting or down. Or they're just apps. like really careful with making sure they close things all the time. And am I, am I crazy or is that just completely unnecessary on modern Android? I didn't know it was a problem because I don't close it. Cause I thought because, it just yeah, frees on, up the memory and then yes. it's like restores it, it unsuspends it. Am, am like, I totally missing something here? It's just not an issue for me. It might be a habit for other people, other stuff. I don't know what's going on, but people had the problem. Sure. Jaden fixed it really quick. Right. We push an update to the store cause we're like, oh man, this is actually like really bad for people that have this use case, which there clearly are people that do. Um, and, and Google goes, nope. You can't publish this. We need to review the app. You need to give us login information for a bug fix. And like I told them pretty much right away, I honestly didn't know to check because they've never stopped an app from going out before. So I just launched it and I'm like, oh yeah, it'll show up in the Play Store in a couple days and we'll have a couple days of bad tickets and we'll we'll just address that the fix is literally published already and it'll be here any minute and it's going to be fine. And then I realized later that they had they had sent a message in saying like, nope, we need to review this. We give them the correct login information so that they can log in. Then they mistype it. Floatplanet.com. Floatplanet.com is not the email that I gave them to log in with. It's floatplane.com. On the login form on the app, there's in big block letters right above the login form, floatplane. It's not Float Planet. Also, why wouldn't you copy paste? Yeah. There's no way these guys have to manually type in all. Imagine the passwords that some people are generating, these hundred character long passwords. Yeah, for like, sure. 
Well, uh, that, why are that's you not so unreasonable? Why are you not control C, control Ving it? Yeah. So uh, we yeah. send in an appeal to that, and I send in my thing like, guys, this is a bug fix. I don't. E- you don't even have to take this one. Roll it back to the previous version. Take our updates out. Just make it so that it isn't erroring on everyone. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, I would love for them to have the new features that Jaden painstakingly made and are awesome. Yes. But at the bare minimum, I don't want the app to crash. <laughs> like, yeah. please, like, at least either take the update that is fixing the bug or roll it back to the one that wasn't causing this bug. Like, come on, let's do let's do this properly. And then they take forever to respond because they're still blaming COVID, even though it's been a million years now. And they should have figured out processes to make this not be a problem anymore. I couldn't help noticing we didn't miss a video upload Yeah, in the last two years. Like, you should be able to figure this out by now. This is not a good excuse anymore. Yeah. They... So so they're like, oh, it's going to be uh, up to two days. And then when you submit the form, you immediately get an email being like, actually, it's not going to be up to two days. It's going to be an unknown amount of time because of COVID. <sighs> and then I, 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 I appeal that, whatever, say that they typed it in wrong. I get a message back from them being like, hmm, so we've done absolutely nothing with your ticket because what we're waiting for is correct login information. If you could give us the correct login information, that would be great. I'm 99% sure this was an automated email thing to be clear but it's yeah. still incredibly infuriating um to have someone be like can you give us the right thing when the whole problem is that they have the right thing and they just typed it in wrong <sighs> so i appeal that they take forever again to respond to the email <laughs> and then the response this time is oh great yeah we have accepted your appeal you have to resubmit your app for review <laughs> come on dude why? What why the heck? The, why in the year 2021 is it necessary for us to resend the same zeros and ones? And there's really weird stuff too. Like they're like, oh, you have to go into this like market availability section of the page and you need to save it. And they're like, yeah, also, if you haven't made any changes, the save button isn't going to be available. And they literally say this in their email. Just put like a space on the end of your app name and then delete it again so that it registers that there's been a change and then click save. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, sure, I'll go do it. But like, what is this, Google? And then guess what the estimated time is for them to finally, potentially, allow us to apply a bug fix? Seven days. You think that's actually going to get done over Christmas? Nope. So it's going to be even longer. Holy cow, I'm very sorry. All because they fat-fingered yeah the domain they were trying to log into this should have been done a very long time ago <sighs> even even with the like stupid typo because once they realize it's a stupid typo that is their fault they should get expedited yeah oh my goodness it's so frustrating and i'm i'm genuinely very sorry to people that are using the android app and it is crashing just so you know if you don't close it <laughs> it works or you can use that crash which is this is not great i understand but you can use that crash as it is every time it is a notification <laughs> so you can check and there's probably something new for you to watch code um, dependent says i had a person leave a one-star review of my business but it was for the other business leasing the other part of the property it took me weeks and dozens <sighs> of messages and finally twitter twitter to get it fixed they kept saying that it wasn't against their rules it doesn't matter if it's against the rules that's so frustrating it's just stupid so deal with it. That's incredibly frustrating. That would drive me nuts. Yeah, that's rough. Anyways, yeah, thanks for the reminder, Jaden. Uh, that deserved a rant. Just because, mostly to be honest, because I ranted about Apple's 
situation. Yeah. And in the end, so we need to be fair. Theirs was a lot easier to deal with. Theirs resolved itself magically by me talking on on Wan Show. Let's see <laughs> over if this one weekend. resolves itself magically that would by talking be great. on Wan Show. That would be Any great. Googlers out there? Um, <sighs> Robert says, have you ever considered making the Wan Show available as a podcast after it's aired? Yes, it's uh, usually linked under the video, I think. I think I think it's on I don't I've never I'm gonna confess to you, I've never installed a podcast app. I me have neither. never listened to a podcast. I don't get it. Um I, I don't really have opportunities in my life to consume that sort of long-form content. I really appreciate that you all do, like, hang out with us on Friday afternoons yeah. or evenings, I guess, is really when it starts. <laughs> um, I appreciate you all, but it's just it hasn't really been my jam. So I have no idea what platforms we're on. I've never really looked. I think the business team deals with it. Yeah. So if they're doing a bad job, you could tweet at Colton, <laughs> Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Someone asked, uh, can we sideload the update? I thought about that. Um, I talked to Jaden about that. I don't want to. We kind of brainstormed about it a little bit. I don't want to. Um, cool. Y- you might not like the reason. The main reason is if we if we release that, that's all fine, and you update it, and there's there's no more error, which is great, and makes me want to do it to a certain degree. But that's no longer going to auto update through the store. Yeah. And and it's it's uh, yeah it's. It's just better if Google just does their job. Yes. And we can push the proper version of the app. Joshua Carroll says, question for Lafreniere. Apart mm. from Linus paying you less than minimum wage in the beginning, that was actually NCIX. That was not his fault. Yeah. Um, what is the worst professional <laughs> experience you've had with Linus? Uh, <laughs> he sits back. <laughs> um, wow. I don't know. Um, There's so many, it's hard to narrow it down <laughs> to just one. There's, I mean, we've been working together for, I genuinely, what is it, 11 years, I think? It's been a long time. Um, so there's obviously been ups and downs. I think it's been pretty good, though. There's, there's things that I can complain about, but if I was in his shoes, I would have done the same thing. And if he didn't do that thing, ultimately... I think it would have been a mistake. Like I rag on you a lot. Maybe I can. Maybe I've I can. definitely done stuff wrong. You have to come up with something. I know you've done stuff wrong, but like, I don't know. Like, okay, the mountain thing. I rag on you about the mountain thing all the time. Oh. But if you didn't, I'm going to give you an out here. If you didn't go down the mountain and get that thing signed, I would have been so cheesed <laughs> if we did all that work and it was for nothing. So like, yeah, part of me is like, bro. <laughs> what the heck? But then the other part of me is like, yeah, if he didn't do did it, I would have been even more upset. <laughs> so it was just an unfortunate situation. So I actually don't remember the exact reason that I went down with, uh, what was his name? John? I think you were trying to catch someone because yeah. they were up ahead of us. The guy that I... And you yeah. realized we needed his signature. Yes. And then I believe by the time you caught up to him, you were way... I was way past you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Luke finished. ended up getting like abandoned in a storm on the top of a mountain because <laughs> I was like blitzing down the mountain trying to get the validation that we needed for our Guinness World Record. While, while I had altitude sickness, which is the problem. So I was I was like having a really rough time. I'm walking downhill, yeah. which uh, if you haven't hiked before, it's actually still difficult. It's not as easy as it sounds. Um, I don't have trouble with it. So I was like going so altitude sickness is like oxygenation levels and stuff i'm a big dude 
Um, I was huffing and puffing and my oxygen levels were getting low and I was feeling really not good. Eventually I get to the tree line and breathe deep and then I'm totally fine. I end up like carrying someone else down half the freaking mountain. I was totally okay once I was able to breathe properly, but I was having a big issue getting back to the trees, (laughs) but I ended up being fine. I, uh, my backpack, which is actually right here with me now, um, it was heavy because we were carrying like a bunch of unnecessary stuff. Um, so I was like just throwing it because the mountain was pretty steep. So I would just throw it and it would roll. And then I would, I would stand up and start like a light jog to the point where I'm like stopping myself from falling. Yeah. And then I would catch up to my laptop or to my, to my bag and like kind of collapse into my bag and lay there for a sec and then pick it up and throw it and do the same cycle again. And that's how I got to the tree line. It was rough. <laughs> but there's lightning storms on that mountain, so you can't be up there past a certain time. Yeah. And if you are up there past a certain time, there's the potential that some helicopters can come rescue you, and it costs ta- $10,000, if I yeah. remember correctly. Something like that. Not an option. Yeah, especially not for us at that time. No. Um. Yeah. So. So yeah. Luke got to the bottom and was like, Enraged. I was mad. <laughs> that clip is kind of awesome. <laughs> I don't think you've ever been that mad at me. Probably not. Like even close, I don't think. It kind of helped though, because I used the anger to carry the dude down the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the thing is, like <clears throat> Yeah, okay. I was taken aback. When he was extremely angry at the bottom. Because honestly, and this is something I haven't really talked about. Um, that whole thing wasn't a great experience for me either. Yeah. I thought that the experience, I'm not going to name any names, but I thought it was supposed to be more about teamwork and about us all achieving something together. And it turned out that not everyone who participated in that event uh, was handling it that way. It turned out that for some people, it was uh, some kind of uh, flex sort of uh, thing for them. And um, it was not their intention for everybody to succeed and make it to the land party at the top of the mountain. And uh, what happened was, um, you know, I, I didn't really know anything about mountaineering or whatever that's called. I mean, really, it was it was a hike. I don't but think anyone on the team really did. High altitude hike. Why don't we call it that? I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't realize just how difficult it was going to be. I thought that, you know, we were solving a lot of, you know, the technical challenges and someone else was solving a lot of the, uh, like, the logistical challenges of getting all the people up the mountain. And it wasn't until we were probably a quarter or a third of the way up that I had a conversation that enlightened me to the fact that not everyone intended for everybody to make it. And I was like, excuse me, pardon? So the entire rest of my day, so I was also sort of quite emotionally uh, charged. I didn't know this portion until way later either. Yeah. Um, I was not informed partway up the mountain. Yeah. So I I kept that to myself. Uh, because from my point of view, it was all about doing whatever we could to get to the top of the mountain. Like, I don't know if you know, but I was carrying one of the lead acid batteries. Uh, whereas certain, certain people 
had clearly optimized their load to increase their chances of making it to the top. Um, so, like, I, I was... I think I took a... You carried it the whole way, didn't you? I did. I think I took a shift with one of them, but I did not carry it the whole way. Um, so, so I was... What, the, what that person who didn't intend for everyone to make it um, didn't realize was because we were the ones who talked to Guinness was that we needed a certain threshold of people for them to consider it a LAN party. So because not everybody ultimately did make it, we actually had to recruit other hikers to participate in our LAN party. And now I remember, I had to catch up to one of them because I needed his contact information. And he was leaving. So that we could get him his certificate. Yeah. And so that we could actually submit his name. Yeah. Okay, I remember now. It was like really important. So... So I was doing everything I could to make it happen. I was down way early. I was sitting there worried, but I was like in the car. I was tired, but I was like sitting there worried. And Luke comes down. He's like enraged. (laughs) And he's like, you know, you like abandoned me on this mountain, potentially to a lightning storm. I have altitude sickness. I'm like, dude, I had no idea. You were just kind of like, going a little slower than me when I went ahead. I didn't mean to like leave you on the mountain. I needed to go catch up to that guy because if we don't get all of the signed, I, like, I forget what it was. It was a film release or it was a contact sheet. It was a certification was yeah. that he participated. That's right. Okay, it's coming back. It was it a was, legal form. It I was the that legal much. document that he participated with his contact information so Guinness could verify him. Oh, someone found the, someone found the timestamp. Okay, let's pull it up. Thanks, Barrington. Someone, you mean Barrington. Barrington, yeah. yeah. I actually didn't read the name. Thanks, Barrington. Okay, here it is. Okay. So this is a highly impressed one Luke Lafreniere. (laughs) 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 Sheesh. <laughs> and let me tell you when someone's got okay when someone's got a hundred pounds and six inches on you <laughs> and they look at you with that face no matter how much you know that you mutually love each other <laughs> It was a quiet car ride. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) And you can tell, like, I'm carrying, like, I sprung back up because I'm carrying someone else's backpack. Yeah. Like, I I was fine. Once you had oxygen. I was fine by the end. And adrenaline. (laughs) You were clearly getting down that mountain. Yeah. Yeah. But. But it was, I was like, from reports from people that were there, before I got to the tree line, I was like. I was losing color in my face and like I was this was probably mostly after you had left to be fair. I don't fully even remember the <laughs> I timeline. I had no idea yeah. why you were mad. It's like <laughs> I what, you're just relaxing too. in the car and I was like, so confused. What 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 do you want me to do? I'm supposed to hike back up the mountain? I did the same <laughs> I did the same hike as you. Like Yeah. What do you want from me? I don't even know if I knew. I was just frustrated with the situation. Because there was also like, I don't remember the exact details of this, but once we were in the trees, yeah, there was lightning. 
Yeah, no. it was like legitimately hitting like around us. So I like missed really all of close. that. I didn't know the storm actually came. Yeah. Oh, and not to name names, but the dude that I'm carrying down the mountain for a very significant or like their equipment, you mean? And him. Oh, I didn't know. About I have his. Oh, yeah, bag. No, I remember you telling me. I have me my that. my bag on my yep, backpack. Yep, yep, yep. His bag on my chest, and I'm shoulder carrying him. So yep. I'm not like you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, I'm yeah, shoulder yeah. carrying yeah. him. We get we get really close to the end, and then lightning strikes really close by, and suddenly everything is okay again, and he's running without his bag <laughs> in front of me. And I'm just like, what? Now you're just like magically okay? I just carried you down, like legitimately at the very least a quarter. I don't remember exactly the the lengths and stuff, but it was like a very large portion of this hike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was not impressed by uh, the magical healing of of nearby lightning. Yep. So we um and we were we were like the people that were still up there, um, which I don't know everyone outside of Paul, myself, and Brandon. I know it was us, and then there was other people. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Brandon struggled. He had a really heavy bag. He, really he should did. not have brought all the stuff that he did. He really shouldn't have. <laughs> I told him not to. You did. He, he thought yeah. we were going for a walk. And I was like... No. <laughs> um, but anyway. those those everyone that was there was like rationing out their water and stuff because we were like running out of supplies. Like it was it was a rough... It was a rough situation. Um, yeah. So I won't say who the problem was, but I'll say that we've subsequently collabed with everyone who wasn't a problem. <laughs> You do the math. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any particular examples that I can think of. I forget what the original question was. Uh, oh, being mad at me. What, no, what is the worst professional experience? I'd say that was a bad experience. Yeah, but I don't think that was like, okay, experience I had. But it says with Linus. Does that mean with you in particular? I mean, or I was sure there? as heck involved. <laughs> Yeah, but like I said, if you didn't go get the thing signed, I would have been more upset. <laughs> I think I think you guys got to understand. This guy is like is like you get shot in the head, but you get the flag to the capture point. <laughs> like this it's just the kind of character that this guy is. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm yeah, if I'm going to make a call between save Luke or save the 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 ship you know, you save the ship. You save the ship. You yeah. let Luke fall overboard. Yeah. It's that simple, and uh, and I'll often figure it out. So like, it's probably all right. <laughs> I don't know, but oh, but yeah. So like, I it, it was frustrating in the moment, but I also didn't have a lot of various pieces of information at that time. We've definitely had some tense conversations over the years. I mean, you work together with someone for long enough. It's, it's just not gonna like, happen. Yeah, it happens. Um, I like to think that all of it was for the best. I, I I don't know I, I I'm not supposed to I'm not supposed to answer your question obviously I'm I'm interested though uh, well I mean there was the time we both cried yeah so I'm I sure I don't even fully remember I know parts of that but I don't fully remember everything that was discussed <sighs> there but I know parts of it for you know sure. it's one of those things that I am certainly not at liberty to discuss since it, it was HR related so you know there's a there's a certain like there's just a a, a level of professionalism that I I like to maintain yeah. you know i'm not gonna yeah like there's certain stuff i just i'm not gonna talk about yeah like we're not gonna we're just not gonna talk about that because it's not professional yeah. to talk about hr yeah. stuff like we've we've struggled right like when you're when you're building something for over 10 years um you're gonna especially in a very scrappy way you're gonna butt heads yeah 
Um, you know, I'm sure there were times when I set really unrealistic expectations, <coughs> like in the early days of Floatplane, yeah. that were extremely frustrating. There's, <laughs> there's not just the early days of Floatplane, <laughs> but I think I am not uh, the most. Uh, hmm, how do I say this? <laughs> I'm not the absolute most respecting of authority. Uh, <laughs> so the fact that I'm still here, I think, and I'm not trying to toot your horn, but I think we've done pretty good. I think we've done pretty well. I think we've done pretty good. I think we've made it work. Yeah. Um, every relationship is work. Yeah. Okay. Employee, employer, boyfriend, girlfriend. If it's friend. not, you should maybe look into potential lies or something. Yeah. Maybe do you actually even have that close of a relationship? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm not like I'm not judging or anything. I'm just it's, it might be time for some reflection. Do you actually share with each other? Right. Like, yeah. do you. Can you lift Linus? Yes. Oh, 100 percent. Not even not even a challenge. Done it a few times on Channel Superman, I think. Yeah. Weren't you both basically kids at the beginning of LTT anyways? I mean, I feel that way now. I, I didn't know what I was doing. You're, are you three older than me? Three uh, I don't remember exactly. What no, it is. I think I'm like four, four or five years older than you. I'm 35. I'm 31. At four, then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I I would kind of argue that I more or less still was. Not legally, but like... Oh, yeah. No, you were like... You were you were baby Luke. You look yeah. back even at like the man show back <laughs> it's then. Crazy. Literally baby Luke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still have scars. See on my oh, knuckles? Oh, from, uh, from the arm yeah. fling? Yeah. yeah. That was... Uh, <laughs> I was like, man, I... <laughs> You were kind of a disaster, <laughs> like when I met you. Yeah, and like to be clear, I'm not gonna blame someone for getting hit by a car, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that was a mess. But just stuff seemed to happen to you a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you know how some people stuff just seems to happen to them a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've kind of always sort of felt that way. It's been kind of frustrating, but. It seems to be happening less now. I yeah, yeah. I feel like th things have been pretty stable for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. The only, That's like, good. problematic thing, and I, I think in, like, probably at least a couple of years has just been my shoulder. Well, family is always a problem. Yeah. But I, I'm saying, I'm talking generally. Like, I've got a, I've got a family member that's, like, anti-vax. And I really wish that uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry had sent out the little memo about how the provincial restrictions are for this holiday that no unvaccinated individuals are supposed to attend a family gathering like just don't because that's you're causing problems can you please stop yeah um especially because omicron spreads so easily mm -hmm. um anyway so dr henry sent that out i think today or yesterday or something like that and i had already drawn that line for myself i was like look no i'm just not going to entertain this anymore you need to stop you need to just actually get your shot like be a man um and it's by a little man, late to send i don't out. mean a toxic masculinity man I mean, like, stand up to responsibility. This is a, this is not about you. Yeah, I know you're young and healthy, and you're probably going to be fine. Ain't the point, dude. Um, so, so you know, my 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 response to this is: be a man, get your jab. No, you're not coming to Christmas dinner unless you get your get your together. Um, and it would have really saved me the trouble if Dr. Henry would have sent this earlier because I had to make the call whether we yeah. were, because we're hosting Christmas dinner this year. Yeah. We're the only ones in our family now with a big enough house now that my parents downsized. So like, I didn't want to make this call. I didn't want to be involved in any of this, but my hand is sort of forced here because oh. we had to finalize who's coming. Yeah. And I just, I was so frustrated that I, that I had to have such a, that I have to have these just stupid, 
conversations, right? Um, and I was just like, no, forget it. I'm actually just not going to entertain this anymore. Be a man. Do the right thing. Yes, yeah. that's, a, that's a... Is Russell Peters canceled? Are you allowed to reference I Russell Peters? I genuinely have no idea. I don't okay. follow that no, stuff. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, Dr. Henry, for two... You know, probably probably the right call, but a little late. <laughs> Lachlan, new hoodie? Heck yeah. Any info on when the Swacket will be back in stock? Uh, when we can. When we can, man. We're, we're trying. Um... Chrissy, every jacket I wear in the winter is now from LTT. Thanks. <laughs> I have more holes than socks. I'm going to need at least 20 pairs of socks when we are working on it. Okay, I can't get the stretch right. They're too stretchy. So they're kind of hard to pull on. Okay. And I don't like that. Yeah. And the other issue I have with socks that are too stretchy is when you move around, they have a tendency to rotate on your foot. That's my biggest. And I don't like it. Yeah. So I need to get the stretch right. We're going to do some kind of merino wool blend because I just love the properties of merino wool. It's like, oh, it's freaking amazing. It's warm. It's breathable. It's awesome. Feels great. Really comfortable. But what we have to do is we have to get the weave right and we have to get whatever type of stretch material that we have woven into it. We have to get that perfect there's also like if you're if you're playing a sport and your foot can slide inside the sock sucks really bad it yeah. really sucks really not so good. no promises um in fact um, this jacket with the 3d printed like uh like uh, insulation material is probably going to beat it to the punch but uh, speaking of, you said all your jackets are uh, <laughs> LTTs. LTT. Hey, you want another one? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's really great. I use the I use my stealth hoodie as an inner layer because it's not it's not like a winter jacket. Yeah. But I use my stealth hoodie as an inner layer. Throw that on over top. It's like kind of solves that problem. Kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, what phone screen protectors are good? Are they worth it today with Gorilla Glass on phones today? Just as long as you get a Gorilla Glass phone like screen protector, then you should be good to go. Most of them are pretty good about touch responsiveness. So that's that's what uh, I would do. I think doesn't D brand have them? I would I would probably just I'd probably just go for D brand because at least if like it sucks, you can complain and they will deal with it. Yeah, they'll insult you, but they'll deal with it. <laughs> uh, Brock says uh, comparing video compression, 4K movie on YouTube versus Netflix versus Apple versus Amazon versus Blu-ray 1080 versus Blu-ray 4K. That's a pretty cool idea. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that could actually be pretty interesting. I thought that's that was actually neat. a pretty cool idea. Yeah um okay yeah i like it it's a little there's gonna be problems <laughs> but it's definitely interesting to look mm. at i know there are people who can rip 4k from these services it shouldn't <laughs> be too much of a problem for youtube what we could probably do is we have an account that's in good enough standing that we could probably just upload a freaking movie and it would be there for at least a little bit <laughs> So as long as we can pull the encode back down and store it locally, then I think we'd be able to evaluate their encoding quality on it. Interesting. Um, yeah, it, I think it could be done. Comparing all encoding on video services. That's a really cool idea. And then there's all kinds of tools that you can use to compare the encode quality. Um, that, that It would be a, a bit of a black, uh, a black hole. It'd be a bit of a rabbit hole, but it'd be a really, really cool concept. It's probably the kind of thing that'll take us some time, but... yeah. Um, Luke says first off thanks to you and the team for being an inspiration will you guys ever look into digital forensics I probably not I think there's some potentially cool things something that I would love to see is if you put like two different files on two different new hard drives 
and built a clean room and did a platter swap and then tried to see if you could access both of them? Yeah, it's one of those things that is just, what value does it add, right? Because it's the oh, kind of no. thing that I would never recommend anyone do no. anyway. I would just like to see it. Yeah, you should just have a professional do that kind of work if the data matters to you at all. And if the data doesn't matter to you, then you probably just shouldn't do it. Like those are really, I, I, I know that that's not what people want to hear. But if you can't, aff- like if it's not if it's not worth paying a professional, then it's, then you shouldn't do it. I don't know. Why not? I mean, if you have, I guess if you have nothing to lose. Professionals in these situations, like if it's. And if I'm not it's, naming any names as far as professionals. I don't want to get involved in the whole drama show that is the data recovery industry. Absolutely. Just, yeah. yeah. But regardless, it's not cheap, right? Um, the cost of one hard drive is quite digestible. And for someone who's already a hobbyist in the space, if they're like, yeah, I could lose that stuff. It's not the end of the world, but I would like to retain it. It might be worth the cost of a hard drive to give it a shot. Could be interesting. I don't know. No, no reason to actually do. I don't feel. I just want to respond to Sir Francis fourteen real quick here. Mm. Talking about valid reasons to not get a vaccine. Uh, you know, when you're going through chemo or immunocompromised, I know for a fact. This is my family member. I know for a fact that ain't the reason. Yeah, Linus is talking to a specific person. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it's for those people that people like my relative need to get a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Say Breeze. Uh, huge fan. Finally got around to buying the desk pad. Hey, this one probably shouldn't have made it into period. Oh, I'm in the wrong thing. Darn it. Trevor, I can get a Fold 3 for only 300 to $400 after trading in a three-year-old iPhone XS? Worth it? Um, yes. Yeah. Is that a question? The main reason why I curated that, because I curated that one, was I just really wanted to make sure that he did it. <laughs> I was like, why, why are you even asking? Just go. <laughs> uh, JR6955 says, I have a hard drive with five Bitcoin and I don't trust data recovery. Then just fly there. Literally fly there and stand over them while they recover it. That was easy. Like it's literally worth 200 grand. So it's probably worth a plane ticket. Yeah, I'm happy to help. Yeah. Um, okay, Jacob, I'm a current Best Buy employee of a year or so. Oh, I thought you were saying employee of the year. <laughs> employee of a year or so in sales and inventory. I was wondering if you guys wanted to chat or ask questions about different stuff, literally anything on or off the record. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't really have any questions for Best Buy at the moment. I would have to. It would have to be prompted by something. Like I got to confess, Best Buy doesn't get a lot of my brain cycles on a given day. It would, well, this is a like one-ish year sales employee. So you're not going to get a lot of like operational answers. But if it was like, how is working in tech during a chip shortage or something, working in tech retail during a chip shortage or something, maybe, I don't know. Oh, Sir Francis wants to clarify. They were saying the same thing as me. Okay, yeah, 100%. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Sir Francis. We're chill. Yeah. Uh, in your recent review of the Louis Vuitton earbuds, at the beginning you showed the Abyss 1266 headphones. How did you have these on hand? Do you still have the one from the DMS collaboration? Maybe. I mean, they sound so good. <laughs> they're one of those things that we, uh, it's not like I would daily drive them. They're super uncomfortable. But when the lab is a thing, having something like that for reference is going to be extremely useful. Yep. Um, Bryce says, things aren't looking so hot down here as a software engineer. How difficult is it to get Canadian citizenship? Uh, it's challenging, but it's doable. Definitely possible. Especially if you have good credentials that that helps a lot education is pretty big software engineer uh you should be in relatively good shape yeah don't expect that like canada is 
going to be maybe as different as you guys might think it is. Yep. We are America's hat and we kind of own it. Yep. Um, Matthew, the few LAN parties I've been to were great, even though I suck at first-person shooters, which was most of what we played. Plus, I always enjoy a well-planned event. Yeah, man, how much fun would it be to just run, like, a LAN center? I'd I really, probably stop bothering making videos at that point. Just I really games. just included that one to, like, hype it up. Yeah, right, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Nick says, used to work at Avid CNC. Super cool to see the machine featured in some of your videos. Excited to see all the projects. I'm now doing metrology R&D and would love to see measurement and inspection features in a video. That's kind of cool. That sounds like the kind of thing that we could get into for labs as well. Metrology. I've never even heard of that before. Powell says, Polish customs will hold this for more than it took to travel here. Oh, for the order. Also, our tax system is very bad. Wanted you to know. Love you guys. Wan Hoodie's amazing. I'm only dressing LTT now. I'd love to see more 3D printing stuff. 3D printing is a tough one. We've actually got a 3D printer in now that we're probably going to make a video on. This thing is a tank. It prints, I think, six times faster than our Prusa's. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to actually be a pretty interesting setup. It's like a $6,000 3D printer. They sent it over. Wow. And they're okay. like, yeah, do whatever you want with it. And so I'm kind of thinking, oh, I might make a video about it. Does <laughs> it have really like cool. honking fans? It has honking everything. I guess it would have like, to. The motors are like this big. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's cool. There is a 3D printing nerd. Yeah, yeah. There's always like other channels that are super focused on 3D printing. Just because yeah. we don't cover it a ton doesn't mean it's not being covered. Yeah. Uh, Josiah, first time ordering. Wondering if you have plans for making more tools beyond the screwdriver. Of course. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight with you. Um, we're a little we're a little strapped for cash right now. Between screwdriver being delayed when we've already put down a lot of the money for it, um, which is seven figures like not just barely seven figures like it's a lot of money um and backpack being a thing that just way exceeded my expectations like i would have based on what i thought you know gut feeling going into it i, I might have brought in like 500 or a thousand units of a backpack i would have done whatever's the minimum order quantity we're ordering thirty thousand units like i am extremely confident that this product is going to absolutely kill awesome so yeah it's awesome except that um i i don't have any money still sitting there yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah. so i so i i right now we're not looking to bring on any kind of like major huge projects we're keeping you know garments going um you know anything that we're ordering you know two thousand three thousand maybe five thousand of if the order if the if the cost per unit is low enough but I, I don't have capital right now to do another like major project um and no I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna do a kickstarter i will not pre-sell okay i gotta be careful because life changes Maybe things someday. change yeah. um but the way i feel about it right now i do not intend to ever pre-sell anything because i believe that people should buy something based on what it is not based on what they hope it will be. So I've, I've gotten, there's been a lot of discussion a lot of times about a lot of different projects about taking pre-orders. And uh, one of the things that we had discussed doing it around is um, the screwdriver. And I pushed back and pushed back and I said, no, we're not going to do it. And I'm so glad I did because it's been delayed. Like, I think compared to what we thought we might be able to hit, I think it's been delayed like over a year now. 
Yeah. I would not have been happy having someone's money for a year and not having delivered anything, especially if I didn't need to have it. And a lot I'm, of people in that time would have bought a different really high-end screwdriver. And I'm just creating something. I'm creating friction in our relationship, right? You've given me money. I've given you nothing. Um, yeah, in case you're wondering, Jaden, I think that's about 27 40-foot containers of backpacks. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. They don't compress as much as we'd like. Even just the logistics of that is crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. LTT store is getting real, guys. I had a lot of people questioning whether LTT store would make a significant dent in our, like, in our hiring costs, our, like, budgeting costs for the lab. You got no idea. Like LTT store is a huge part of what is going to make the lab possible. And so, oh, yeah. so the lab kind of came about because I was like, okay, it's time. Let's do it. Um, I just looked. No, there is no update on the hammer. And I don't think LTT would make one. So, No, I don't think so. Uh, Wes says, what are your thoughts on software companies charging renewals for maintenance and support? Um, I've done it. I've paid them. Um, in I mean, certain scenarios, I think it's totally fine. It's not really any different than the old way, which was creating a new version, Windows 3.1, and it having a bunch of fixes in it, and then you would buy it. So to me, it's, it's essentially like uh, an update. Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of the same thing. And it's basically what we're doing now with software as a service, except I think software as a service is kind of more toxic, um, more anti-consumer. Because at least if you don't need that particular bug fix the old way, you didn't have to buy it. Whereas now you're paying no matter what, even if they just don't fix anything. <laughs> it's also really bad for people that want to dabble. Um, like if I want to do, I don't know, I want to mess around with this thing every like few months. Well, it'd be nice to just buy the software and know I can jump back to it. No, I'm not like a super professional. I don't need every update that's going to come to it forever. I'm actually like probably totally fine using this version of it for basically ever. Yeah. Like, let me just, just don't buy break it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh man. Uh, Gremlin Injector asks lab shares or membership of some kind to fund it. I think that we might have some kind of like professional access. Maybe there'll be more data. Like maybe you'll get the raw data instead of just the graphs that we publish or something. You know, we've had discussions internally about what that would look like. Uh, I think it would be very optional. And really to me, the lab is supposed to serve as a consumer resource not as a necessarily professional resource. So yeah. I would want it to be very optional. Uh, Oily Rain asks, a while back you showed a pie chart with a rough breakdown of LTT income. How does that look today? Extremely complicated. It's difficult to calculate. I can tell you right now that for this year, even though Creator Warehouse has sold every item that has gone out the door at a profit, the cash flow for the year is minus multiple millions of dollars. So have I made money? Have I? Uh, technically, no, right? I don't know. I, yeah. Technically, no, but I have inventory yeah. sitting in a warehouse. You, you've made what I would argue to be very sound, very logical investments. Investments. Yes. Yeah, yeah but I haven't gotten a return on them. Yeah. So I haven't made money, but my Shopify dashboard says that it's profitable. Things are going good. That yeah. it's going great. Yeah. So that's why that's why physical goods business business is just complicated, right? Like I I um I don't I don't actually know. I mean I could tell you I could I could break down the revenue, but that would be very misrepresentative. So for example, something like Floatplane, 
might have a very low revenue number, but because it's a software product and it's a subscription product and our most ardent supporters are over there giving us this monthly subscription on Floatplane, it's, it, other than the overhead of the Floatplane team, which does other stuff, it doesn't have a cost. I mean, there's bandwidth. There's, which is actually, yeah. okay, that's okay. There are costs. Transcoding, yeah. Yeah, but they're, compared to physical goods. Very low. They're relatively low. It's like low. shipping. It's less, significantly less than shipping. Yeah. So it's complicated, I guess, is what I have to say about that. Um, it's a potential energy versus kinetic energy thing, but for money, says Cyclone. That's an interesting way of describing it. That's an interesting it. way of describing it. Yeah. Uh, Harry D says, oh, I've been watching for over five years. I'll be graduating with a degree in computer science next semester. Thanks to you all. I was wondering if there will ever be a channel focused on programming. I can tell you probably not. Probably no. It moves too fast. That I And we, our focus is on evergreen content. We're just not going to. There's really good channels out there, too. Yeah. Go, yeah. Do, the, go do that. Go watch them. Yeah. Yep. Dagan, 5800X or 5600X? Thinking about upgrading and giving my 3600 to my brother for his PC. Okay. Well, you've got a 3600. Did you ever feel like you needed more cores? And then I think that's the answer to your question. Uh, anonymous. Any way we can get the size of the garment that folks are wearing in the description of the store? Yes, we're working on that. Luke, are we ever going to do that? Or is that a Nick thing? I think that's a Nick thing. Yeah, I think. I think the easiest way to do it yeah. would just be to photo edit and just add a little size icon in the corner of each one of the photos. So that'll take a long time, but um, it's something that we will do. We can do it moving forward. Uh, we should. Um, Nick knows it's on his list. So you can just assume that he has other stuff that will happen. Soon. It already, like right now, if you click on like a combination of things, it should go down to that. Wait, does it work for sizes? Probably not. No, it doesn't. It okay. works for color variants though. Okay, yeah. Dr. Gizmo, as soon as I saw Luke with the dark aqua hoodie, I knew I had to get one. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of really positive comments on this. I didn't have a good experience with the crew neck sweater. Really? Contact support. Yep. Contact support. Um, yeah, the crew neck sweater is honestly like... It's the, uh, it's the, it's the, it's the, uh, what would I call it? It's the, everyone I know internally who took one home had it stolen by their SO. Yvonne <laughs> took mine. The uh, Swacket. Jake's girlfriend took his. My Swacket was gone like immediately. Didn't your girlfriend take your uh, crew neck sweater? Oh, yeah. 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 So those are the three that I know of where they like took it home and were like, I love this thing. I'm going to wear it all the time. I found it the other day because she, she stores it away from like, my stuff <laughs> so that she can get it <laughs> and i figured out where she keeps it but yeah yeah she took your swag it she took my swag it like immediately it was on the back of my chair <laughs> and i got up like a few hours later and it was gone and i was like wait what and then she comes walking by and she's wearing it. i was like when did you take that <laughs> i was literally sitting here i didn't even realize ridiculous i don't know i'm surprised i'm surprised that's her style she just, all my like, you know, second layer things just almost always just gone immediately. There's certain oh, stuff no. where I, I, I have to like sit down and be like, this one's mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, please don't take this one. Please stop. If I don't do that, it's, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, Anonymous asks, could Brandon do a beginner's camera guide on LTT? We've done some content around that, but honestly, it did not perform very well. So that's the reason that we haven't really revisited it. Uh, Luke D says, Floatplane question. Why do I have to subscribe to Floatplane for something that's free on Twitch? And I think YouTube. Sorry, what's free on Twitch then? I think Is he's Floatplane? talking about WAN show. So on on there's a there's a 
few cool things about Floatplane. The main most sellable one probably is Floatplane exclusives. Uh, that's content that is exclusive to Floatplane. Uh, there's some really cool stuff in there. It's stuff that probably wouldn't perform super well on the external channels which is kind of part of the reason why, but it's like meet the team, some behind the scenes stuff. There's some cool things in there. Uh, in addition to that, you get really high quality video. You get a more curated chat with hardcore and people. And audio. Don't yep. forget the audio yep. is a, uh, full quality. That's actually one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a different experience. It's not the same thing as the other platforms. Um, yes, WAN Show is on all three platforms. Yep. Uh, Christopher asks, Minecraft server 1.18 update for survival. Looking for a chill place to play the update. Um, that's a Jake question. Uh, I have no idea. I have almost literally nothing to do with the Minecraft thing. Uh, Travis C., can you talk about the design of the zipper on the new hoodie? So we were just trying to do something a little bit different. It's still a YKK zipper. It just has this little like... It feels nice. ...thing on it. It has like a little textured pull. And we just we thought it was kind of cool. That's about it. I, I mean, you know what? Bridget or uh, Hannah might be able to give you more detail about why we went with this particular design, but I, I don't know. A lot of the time I will offer my opinions, but then I, I really do like to defer to the people who have been creating garments for many years because they know better than I do in a lot of cases. It's their thing, yeah. Garrett asks, will the backpack have a suitcase handle pocket so it can sit on top of your suitcase? We're going to try. Uh, we have an idea for how we can do it without... Uh, reducing its wearability as a backpack. And if it works, then we're going to do it. And if it doesn't work, then we're going to kill it. Oh, man, we got to get through these. Okay. Uh, I got, we got to call it at some point here, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Robert B., have you ever considered making the WAN show available as a podcast? Oh, <laughs> question for left friend. This one's already done as well, I think. This is the yeah, why are these not disappearing? Uh, did we skip ahead? No, I, I'm clicking archive and they're not moving. Oh, um, not for me either. We're just going to scroll past them. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Most of these I think I've done. In your recent review of Move Time. Oh, yeah. Did we actually time? finish and it just like looped or something? Maybe we finished. I think we finished. I think we did. Nice. Hey. Oh, okay. Wait. Yes? Nice. Maybe refresh your page, Conrad suggests. I'm going to go for it. Yay. I'm doing it too. Oh. Okay, so that's working. So, yeah, we're good. Well, why don't y'all have a wonderful weekend then? Yeah. Thanks for tuning into the WAN show. And thanks for apparently the indoor hoodie is um a hit. So that's pretty sweet. Thanks for thanks for supporting lttstore.com and all of that. Wow. wow. Okay. Um neat. Wow. Yeah, thanks guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We need that right now, so that works. Yeah. <laughs> Not to go do it too much, but yeah, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Forgot that first. <laughs>